0: with Rob and Zach, but you're all probably confused because you are hearing Rob's voice and not Zach's, who always does the info. This is a weird week, a weird episode, a weird case of Cinemodities, because Zach actually had to run off to fix some issues at the restaurant. So it's not just Rob. I have someone else with me, a very special guest. We're going to talk about something breaking some form from Cinemodities a little more musically inclined discussion, I am very happy to introduce Ben. How's it going, Ben? Thanks for joining us today. Uh, it's
1: going pretty good, Rob. I'm just uh, here in Colorado. I'm not in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm here in Ohio at this restaurant convention, and uh, I just wanted to let you know it's going great over here. Uh, we got people selling all kinds of shit. They got, they got uh, doohies and, and whim-lams and flim jobs for your uh, restaurant. So it's... What's a flim job? (laughs) You know, to be honest, I'm not quite sure. Let's talk about it in two hours, and I'm going to go listen to
0: it. If you have to ask, you can't afford it. (laughs) Uh, That's true. They do look really expensive.
1: No, I am. uh, I'm Ben Stanley. I'm. uh, I've known Rob for how long now? Six years.
0: Yeah. What we met in 2013. Something like that. Late 2013. Yep. That's a that's a good way to put it. You know, just like uh, we talked a lot about on Cinemodities, how Zach and I were high school friends way back in the day. Uh, It's been said many times before that after Rob moved away to escape Zach, he uh, fell into groups of other people, and when he found his way to Ohio, he met Ben, and and Ben and I were in a math graduate program together. That Rob quit. And moved to Colorado, but Ben actually finished, so uh, I, I did. we have a doctor on the podcast.
1: That's right, I so, am so a doctor. So I got
0: this rash, could you look at this real quick?
1: <laughs> I actually, I do this every day at work. Uh, every, every day at work, someone's like, my eyes twitching or my ankle hurts, could you take a look at this? And I'm like, I'm not that kind of doctor. And you're like, how, how can I model this as a dynamical <clears throat> system? <laughs> I, yes, um, and they're always pretty disappointed with my uh, the solutions that I bring to them. But you know. Good.
0: As most people are, I think, with all doctors these days, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Look so, at COVID-19. Yes. So, yes, we are very happy to have Ben on here m- taking uh, the spot for Zach because, like I said, we're doing something a little more musical. Once we get into the music discussion, uh, we will make fun of Zach and his early 2000s uh, pop music love that we've discussed a lot on this podcast. Um, but I do want to say that he is off at the restaurant, and I- I'm saying this not just for our audience, but for you, Ben, as well. We have a kid's portion of the restaurant, so it is called the Cinemodities Restaurant. And very much like Chuck E. Cheese's, the kid's portion is called Sin Modities. And we don't have okay. a ball pit. We have a bone pit. Oh. Like kids, Kids can take a slide <clears throat> into a big pit of bones— Are these bones
1: from animals that are cooked in the restaurant?
0: These are human bones. Oh, okay. That's that's exactly what he's off working on is because we've found, and it's actually coming out, I think, in the summer of 2021, Law & Order Cinemodities. Most bones for cold cases turned up in our restaurant. So he's off dealing with the NYPD, testing bones, making sure that they know— the government knows we didn't have anything to do with it. You know, we bought them off the internet. We have no responsibility for these bones. We needed a bone pit. We found a guy selling way too many bones. We bought them. It's it's, it's how it goes, right?
1: They they will cut you a deal. I've seen the show. They'll cut you a deal if you if you tell them who you bought the bones from. So mm, I think you're fine. I,
0: I think that's exactly what Zach is negotiating with them right now. Uh, the last time I was away from this podcast to work on <clears> things for the restaurant, I. think we think we got sued to shit. Uh, we beat it. Don't worry. You know, the restaurant's still in business. Uh, it's okay. actually, uh, Ben doesn't know this, but our audience knows it's still in construction. We are working on a mobile restaurant. We want it to be able to travel and eat other restaurants to gain their power. So we're still working on that. We have to get all the legal- legalities out of the way. We're still working on that. But enough about the restaurant. We'll talk about the end again if Ben has any more questions because okay. that's usually when it comes up. But I do want to jump in while we have Ben here for the first time, hopefully not the last time, some of the history. Because like I said, Zach and I, we talked, we did a whole episode actually uh, last year in 2019 about movies that Zach and I have seen together. Because Zach is a literal crazy person that saves all of his ticket stubs and keeps like a journal. Like he loves movies and he knew every movie we ever saw together. Ben and I, uh, I think the best way to put this without giving too long of a story, is we were sitting in orientation for Ohio University. We were at a group with a bunch of other statistics students. Someone, whose name I don't remember, was up there giving a speech to all the incoming grad students, and he said the phrase, I came to grad school to do X. And Ben and I looked at each other, and we understood that he used X as a variable, as a placeholder, But Ben and I looked at each other, and in a wordless phrase, no talking, we laughed at each other and said, "He came here to do ecstasy." (laughs) Do you remember this? Do you remember this? Yes, I do. I do. One (laughs) hundred percent. That's that was uh, definitely the best day of orientation.
1: Uh, That was how I knew you were going to be my math friend. Yes. Um, yes. (laughs) We had we had. uh, You said statistics students. We actually had just general math students with us. Oh,
0: I did say okay. I've been in statistics statistics so goddamn long now. Oh, yeah, we geez. didn't have a. Hey, I, like actually, a real... I actually told the story to my uh, my class this semester in the spring of 2020 about the time I got a negative one out of 20 on a topology test. <laughs> I told them that story because I'm like, don't feel bad. You know, one test grade isn't going to ruin your life. I got a negative score once. <laughs> I still have that. I should frame that a negative yeah, score. Yeah, I. I think I did really well on that exam. You actually, did. you did do really well. Uspensky, um, Uspensky is a great person, but I never jived with him on an intellectual level the way you did. And he, uh, is, he intimidates me, so uh, <laughs> I still look back and I say, "Man, if I didn't guess on like those three questions, I might have ended up with a one out of twenty instead of a negative <laughs> one." <laughs> I, yeah, I mean it's possible. Yep. So punish him while- for answering wrong. Oh, oh yeah, God, that uh, crazy Russian man. I think that's enough to say about Uspensky, right? (laughs) So while Ben and I were in a math program, uh, like I said, that story about we came to Ohio to do X. uh, It turned out that we didn't. Ben and I didn't come to Ohio to do ecstasy. We came to Ohio to do pretty much everything but ecstasy. That's right. Uh, and pretty quickly, I, I think you know it's we were hanging out almost every day, watching stuff, listening to stuff, doing homework from all these crazy teachers that were yelling at us yelling at us about math each and every day. And that's exactly where this foundation for our music discussions came from. But I would be remiss if I didn't take that detour into talking about some of the great aspects of cinemodities, cinematic oddities that are inspired by the time I spent with Ben from 2013 to 2015, I believe. Hold on, I need to interrupt you right now. Yeah,
1: go for it. You have thrown me a fucking Uh curveball, and I am so angry I can't see straight. (laughs) (laughs) I came here to talk about music, Robin. You want to talk about movies?
0: Yes, Uh, because when we weren't listening to music, we were watching the first half of movies together, and then I would watch the second half while Ben fell asleep. <laughs> that's how it went most of the time. <laughs> that's pretty accurate. I actually just just
1: like two days ago was talking to one of my coworkers, and he was like, "I'm not the kind of guy that normally falls asleep during meetings." And I was like, "I am one hundred percent. I am a sleeper."
2: Um,
1: I think it's actually really rude of people to try to keep me awake. So that's you know that's my situation. Yes. I did miss a lot of the movies. Um, but I think there was one that I didn't sleep through, at least one, and that might have been Interstellar.
0: Yes, because we saw that in theaters, and I'm yes. glad you bring that one up because uh, what's the saying? When Zach is away, Robin Ben will make fun of him to death. <laughs> is that <laughs> is that the saying, right? That's, I've heard that before. Because uh, it has come up on this podcast. Uh, it's even come up off mic when Zach and I discuss uh, talking about Interstellar. Zach is always like, we can't do it. We, we just have, Zach and I have such a fundamental disagreement on this movie that he's like, we can't discuss it. Like, we would have to set it up as like a, a formal debate type of thing. And I'm like, I feel you. I feel you. Every time he brings it up, I go, that's a stupid movie, Zach. That's a real stupid movie. And Zach's <laughs> like, no, it's a masterpiece. But I'm glad you started here, Ben, because back in, back in the day when we were living together, Interstellar was getting hyped. I was jacked. To the fucking tits about Interstellar. Because it was Christopher Nolan. I love Inception. I love the Nolan Batman movies. I was so into Christopher Nolan. And Interstellar was coming out. I was like, oh, it's going to be about space travel. I was hearing all this stuff about how he wrote the script with an actual theoretical physicist. It's going to be the most realistic depiction of space travel that's ever been put to film. And I, Ben and I went to see it. And I will never forget... At the end of the night, when the movie ended, I think you turned to me, and you kind of looked at me, and you didn't say anything. And I looked at you, and I said, I don't think I liked that. And you said, with an exasperated sigh of relief, oh, thank God. I thought you were going to be mad at me because I hated it so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you you really did hype it up.
1: And I was going in there expecting, you know, to at least enjoy myself a little bit. Yeah, Um, That movie... Sucked so much dick.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it might be the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, and I've seen some bad movies. I saw Red Cuba once, and uh, and Interstellar might have it beat. No, I saw I saw Mono's Hands of Fate once. Oh god. And and <laughs> and this movie might still have that beat. Don't get me wrong; they had
0: way better special effects, but shit was it a bad movie? <laughs> I. I cannot express to our audience how happy it makes me to have somebody on this podcast agree with me about Interstellar. Because cause Zach and I clearly don't. And I'm so glad that we get to rub it in when he's not here. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Fucking, we'll show you Zach. Oh, yeah. Be in that so restaurant. Interstellar. We we saw that one in theaters. That was a, a oh, God. Because it, it's it's fucking, uh, Just a quick thing. It's stupid. Christopher Nolan did Inception. The, if you had to boil down Inception to a sentence, it's Leonardo DiCaprio. No, let me go even even more abstract. Someone has to go into dreams to get back to their children. That is Inception. Christopher Nolan comes out with a space travel movie that you can boil down to someone has to go into space to get back to their children. It's the same fucking movie. That's not Interesting. <laughs> And you know, I have talked about it on cinematis a lot. I'm not a big Matthew McConaughey fan. He does the same thing over and over and over, and I have a problem with that. But Interstellar, that was so. I was not I actually
1: good. do like Matthew McConaughey, and I still hated the movie.
0: <laughs> um,
1: there you go, another <laughs> layer. <laughs> uh, I I disliked the the length they went to set up. Moral questions that they then proceeded to never answer. Oh, yeah. Uh, Like, they never made him make a decision. Like, do you go back and see your family one last time or do you go on to the next planet? He never had to decide because they
0: ran out of gas. Yeah. 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 Do you, do you remember the scene? I know we made fun of it a lot back in the day, in like the two days after we saw this movie. That was all we thought about it. And then we forgot about it almost. But there's that scene where they're all sitting on the spaceship and they're like, oh, We can't go the way that we planned because there's a black hole there. And they all pause and they look like very pensive and they're all questioning the scientific implications of their travel. And then Matthew McConaughey goes, what if we go the other way around the black hole? And they go, that just might work. (laughs) And it's like literally they have a conversation. We can't go right because there's construction. So what if we go left? And I'm like, this is not interesting filmmaking. Like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you
1: brought up a black hole. I don't know if it's the same black hole. It's been long enough since I've seen the movie that I've forgotten some of the details. Four. But that one of the – so they send out beacons. If for those of you who don't know what this movie is about, they send out beacons to these other worlds. And these beacons are sending signals back to Earth. And the, the signals are like – it, it basically they assume if the beacon survives and the signal makes it back to Earth yeah. for somehow, long enough,
0: somehow this leads them to the planet that's all giant tsunami waves all the time. <laughs> yeah, that that's inhabitable. Fuck you. Well, so no, I, I and I know
1: why that happened, and, I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that, and and <laughs> I'm gonna talk about why it upsets me so much that I know why that happened. Okay. Uh, all right. So so they send out these signals, or they send out these beacons. And then they come to this planet and one of the, – they go to the different planets to look at them and one of the planets they go to is a, by a black hole. And they're just – they're sitting there in the ship and they're talking about it and they're like time dilation stuff. And they never once stop to question how long they've been receiving the signal from the beacon. Yep. They, they think like, oh, we've been receiving this signal from the beacon for like seven months or something on earth or seven years or however long it is. Yeah, sure. And no one stops to say – That's 15 fucking minutes on the surface of that planet. Yep. Nobody says that. And I'm sitting there in the audience thinking they know nothing about this planet. Like they've (laughs) been getting this signal for no time at all because of this time dilation. And these are fucking physicists Mm -hmm. on this goddamn spaceship and they don't know a damn thing about physics. And that is why I hated that movie so much because I should not know more about physics than they do.
0: Yeah, you would think that this full, movie that was stop. hyped up, this movie was so hyped up with the Christopher Nolan, who is a great writer. i I give him that. I'd love Christopher Nolan's writing. You know, Memento, The Prestige, even Insomnia I'm a fan of. But when this one came out, where he was writing it with a true theoretical physicist, and then we saw that movie. I think we saw it on, like, opening weekend, and we were Absolutely. just like, oh, my God, because, well, Ben Ben had more of the physics aspect. I was more of the terrible movie trope aspect I'm never going to get over the movie starts with Matthew McConaughey's house has that room with the bookshelves and the books are falling out of it and they're like why the fuck are these books falling out of it cut to two and a half hours later and it's revealed that it was Matthew McConaughey the whole time in a time vortex and it's like that is every single fucking time travel movie in existence who was doing this it was us all along yeah yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean yeah that is oh definitely a, a trope I, i'll agree with you on that i, I don't
1: think i hated god. that as much as you did but i hated that they were stupid <laughs> they, i yeah. really did like they're trained physicists yep they're they're so good at physics
0: that they were picked to go on a spaceship as the physicist on the spaceship oh my god that's a yes interstellar is no good it's a bad fucking movie whenever this movie uh this movie whenever this episode of the podcast comes out I am sure that Zach will scream at me for fifteen minutes about this, but uh, I know that you know when it, when Zach and I want to debate it, I'll have Ben in my corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be right there with you. I'll be I'll be yelling physics words at him. He'll he'll be uh, intimidated. Perfect. So yeah, we spent we spent a lot of time appropriately. We spent a lot of time on Interstellar. We saw other movies in theaters, and I wanted to make mention. I don't know if you remember this because I barely remembered it. I think the first movie we ever saw together in theaters was At, At World's, World's End. End. Yes, the Simon yes. Pegg and Nick Frost movie. Where yeah. literally we left the theater going, we had no idea that was going to be about aliens. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> like yeah. that, the marketing 100%. of that movie was so fake. It was like, oh, people are going to like this pub crawl this night because they're older and they want to relive their youth. And then, like, yep. the last forty-five minutes of the movie is. We need to destroy all technology on Earth because aliens have given it to us, and we were like, "Holy shit!"
1: <laughs> there was a curveball on that one. Um, I I only barely remember that movie, but I do remember it was the first movie that that I was like, "Hey, Rob,
0: mandate, let's go to the movies."
1: Yeah, so- yeah that's got a special place in my heart
0: i only I, saw it that one time as well i've never rewatched that since but i i remember liking it i was like wow that was crazy good like i it was so weird it was good at least
1: right it was definitely weird i heard um I, i've read at least that the names of the pubs are actually related to what happens at them later in the movie oh oh wow okay there's like a there's one like twin boar maybe or something. And they're like, that's where they run into the twins or, or whatever, like some shit like that. So like, there's like a, there's like connection between the events that happen in the bars and the names of the bars.
0: Hot damn. Okay. Yeah. I did not remember that at all. I, I didn't know about
1: it. I just read it like <laughs> yeah. at some point later, like, sure. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't think I have too much to say about that. That was part of the Simon Pegg like Hot Fuzz world, right? Like, yeah, hot fuzz I think it's. I think it's called.
0: And... They call it the Cornetto trilogy. It's Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and At World's End, because it's it's Simon Pegg and Nick Frost in each of them. And I would still say to this day, Hot Fuzz is my favorite. I love Hot, hot, hot Fuzz. So.
1: Hot Fuzz is a great movie. The oh, that's another one. Hot in Hot Fuzz, the uh, the scene where where. What's the Nick Frost? Is that is that his like partner in that? Yeah, movie? yeah, the, the
0: chubby dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Where he's asking him like, have you fired one gun whilst jumping through the air? Have you or have you fired two guns whilst jumping through the air? That he asks him the stuff in in the order that it later happens in the movie. Oh, like, okay. He does those things in the movie later in the exact same order that he's asked about them? So that's that's a little interesting thing they sure, did. Sure. Yeah. Those good good filmmaking. Something we love on the Cinemodities <laughs> podcast for sure. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's I actually I I didn't know that, and I didn't figure it out on my own. I just read an article about it, but sure, I like the movie yeah. even more now. Uh, Hot Fuzz is great. Oh um, yeah, I don't, yeah. I haven't seen in I a while,
0: but that whole final scene when they're in like the miniature village, that's so like comically ridiculous that it works just perfectly. You a, like, on a building. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's good yes. shit. So other than that, we also saw uh, maybe ones we can go through quicker. Um, we did see guardians of the galaxy in theaters together yeah. um which at the time i actually it, it's a shocker for the audience because i've been on record for like this whole podcast i can't stand the marvel movies anymore but when we left guardians of the galaxy we were both like that was fun like that yeah. was that was fun to watch you know it was a good movie yeah it was a good just you know i think i think we were you know intoxicated to some extent prior to watching it but we we had good fun with it uh, mm-hmm. We saw one movie in theaters twice. Little, Bird. little Fo Yeah, little known movie called not little known, well known movie called Birdman. And this we did a, see it twice. We saw it twice. Yes, and I. And this is another thing I wanted to bring up on here because it, it really does pain me for how much I enjoyed Birdman. I think I've only seen it three times. When we saw it twice, and I watched it once again when I downloaded it. Just, you know, just I'm not even gonna feel bad about it. Let's make fun of Zach. Zach does not like Birdman. Okay. Zach calls Birdman embarrassing. <clears throat> oh. And embarrassing. I, we've never really gotten Zach and I have not really ever gotten into the, the, a full discussion with that like we have with Interstellar. But I fucking we I think love the message of Birdman. Like this dude who did <clears throat> shit for money and now he's actually trying to do something to create a legacy. Like, he yeah. wants to be remembered for something important and not just fluff. And I think we both really latched onto that where it was like, he's not Birdman. He's, he's trying to put on this play. And I think that, you know, whenever I hear about Birdman, people are like, well, did he have superpowers or not? Is he flying at the end? And both of us were like, that's not the point of the fucking movie. <laughs> the point of the movie is that he's driven <clears throat> to shoot himself on stage for his art. Like, that's right. the point of that movie. So that's another one I would love to discuss with Zach one day. And I think Ben will be firmly in my corner, but we saw that That, twice.
1: That movie was uh, shot as if it was one continuous shot
0: for at least most of it. Yeah. And the only Uh, time it really blends is when like Michael Keaton falls asleep and it like does a time lapse of like the sun rising and so on. But it's all edited as it's just one continuous shot for sure.
1: Um, that I've definitely enjoyed that. I thought it was very interesting. I will say on the second watch through, uh, I did not think that movie had rewatchability.
0: Mm. Once you, once you know what's <clears throat> going on, you kind of got the message. Sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: I didn't, I didn't feel like I enjoyed it as much the second time through, but the first time through that was a, a wild ride oh, that yeah. I we were, very I much enjoyed.
0: We left that place and we were like, Oh my God, we didn't know they made movies that good anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> That was a fantastic movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and I'm glad that we, uh, we uh, the I ended at least that little bit of segment and that one, because we saw that twice in a little place called the Athena Cinema. Right on Court Street of Athens, Ohio, where Ben and I lived uh, in, in close vicinity, this Athena Cinema was the place to go. Sure, for Interstellar, for Guardians of the Galaxy, we had to go to the Athena Grand, you know, the multiplex, that one that, Out on Main Street, I think, or whatever the hell that was called. Yeah. Something like that, right? You know, where the Walmart was, where the restaurants were, where the the hustle and bustle went. But in this little art... State Street. State Street, perfect. In this little art house theater that we saw Birdman, Ben and I... I guess I should rephrase this. I dragged Ben to eight consecutive weeks of David Lynch movies. And this is yeah. this is where I one day, if you're ever back on this podcast, Ben and Zach is around, we're gonna have to talk about this because Zach and I love David Lynch like he's our man. And <laughs> I remember I think I was walking down Court Street and I saw outside of the Athena Cinema one of their posters. It said like David Lynch Festival, and I was like, okay, you have my attention. And every Friday, I think it was—it was Friday or Monday or something like that. I think it was Wednesday. Wednesday. Holy shit! We our memory from that time only gets the broad strokes, I should say. <laughs> but whenever it was, it was eight consecutive weeks leading up to Halloween or the week of Halloween, and they would show a different David Lynch movie, eight of them, leading up to that. And as soon as I heard about this, I was like, "I'm going to this. I'm going to this no matter what." And somehow. I don't remember how I got Ben to come to all eight of them. (laughs) And I think Uh, it might've been because the first one was the most accessible. If you remember, the first one was the elephant man. So about the deformed dude who gets like turned out to the circus and, but he, he wants to retain his humanity. I'm never going to forget that we finished watching that movie and we looked at each other. And I think we simultaneously said, Holy shit, that was so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and after that, you know, it followed up with Dune. We sat in this art house theater. There couldn't have been more than 35 people in attendance for Dune. And the entire audience laughed at it the entire time. That's the one we saw with Shazad. We actually got Shazad to go to one of those. Oh, okay. And yeah. we all had a great time, because Dune is a goofy movie, and we were all laughing. And then, sure, I think we had Sam come to some. I know we saw one of them with Andy. But Ben and I were there for all of them. And after Elephant Man and Dune, that's when shit got weird. Because we were watching stuff like Blue Velvet, Mulholland Drive, Wild at Heart, Twin Peaks, Fire Walk With Me. And, of course, ending off the greatest thing, Eraserhead.
1: Oh, my God.
0: I remember like Ben Ben's face was in complete disarray when the deformed baby is laughing at our main character in a racer head. Like Ben was just like, "What the fuck have I gotten myself into?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever been that uncomfortable in a theater before yes. or since. Oh, it was uh, it was fantastic, but I do have to bring up that uh, I think one day I would love to have you back to talk more about your perspective on David Lynch movies, that's a whole conversation. I could talk to you for a full three hours about what we saw. And even if what you remember, what you don't remember, how how it made you feel. But I do have to bring up, if you remember, that last showing, the last movie of the eight was Eraserhead. We were sitting in the audience. Someone comes out onto the stage in front of the projector. Before they say anything, I turn to Ben. Oh, my God. What is this asshole doing? Show the fucking movie. Like, get this asshole from the theater out of here. I want to see the movie. And then the guy goes, thank you all for coming to the Athena Cinema. This is the last in our eight weeks of David Lynch. We want to know, has anybody in the audience been to all eight of the weeks of David Lynch? Boom! Our two hands shoot up instantly. The only two people in the audience... And we, what did we win? Like some special membership to the theater? Yeah, would they call
1: it like a Scorsese membership or something?
0: Yeah, I think we got a yeah. free popcorn one of the times yeah. we went back again. I think no, I think we were supposed to get a free popcorn every time we went back. Oh, I that's the, for that's, a year. That's the bummer that we didn't really go back
1: much after. That. No, no, I think uh, I think Birdman was after that. Um, okay, but no, we didn't go much back much after that. That theater showed independent? Yeah, it it was, an art, more? it was an
0: art house theater. It didn't yeah. you know, it wouldn't show the Marvel movies. It would show no. like the things that were smaller um like like a Birdman even though that did gain popularity. Um, you know, I I I don't think I saw anything like I don't know, that would have been a place that showed, you know, like um Parasite before it got famous. You know, that would have been a place that played that movie when it came out before it got the Oscar buzz and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, right. art house Absolutely. is a good a good way to put it.
1: Yeah, they showed some Korean movie made out of clay. I don't I don't know. They showed a bunch of weird shit <laughs> yeah, in there definitely. the year the years after you left. I remember I saw all kinds of stuff there. Um oh fuck. I went there with uh they they did like the Sunset Film Festival or something. Mm. They had like some special stuff going on for that. And I saw a movie Oh, what was it called? Something under the tree or something like that. It was like a Swedish movie okay. about two neighbors fighting over like hedge trimming and oh, it ends. That sounds great. <laughs> it, it was actually really good. And nice. it ends with murder.
0: Like it, it
1: is fantastic. let movie right get on. so bent out of shape about like whose tree goes over into what yard. Somebody go, comes over and tries to cut down the tree and like it falls up, down and lands on one of the, one of the, like the, the guy's son. Who Oops. is a, an adult? Like okay. he's staying, he, he's staying in the yard to like protect the tree, or some something like that. And, and the guy cuts down the tree and kills him, and so like it, it just it gets it's insane.
0: Right. On. I'll have to look fantastic. into that. I will. Uh, we'll we'll do a um uh, for Ben because he doesn't know. We do a lot of corrections after the fact. If anybody ever says something incredibly stupid on the podcast, we will correct it before it gets released. So I will definitely have to look into that movie. Right on. Yeah, great. The Athena Cinema was a great place. I'm so glad we got to see that stuff there. And I think that uh, was a big deal for us, you know, not just to see those mainstream movies, to see some of those smaller things, for sure. So I uh, I actually just pulled it up. I okay. have two monitors going on here. Uh-oh. This is
1: Under the Tree. It is uh, an Icelandic movie, so not Swedish, Icelandic. Gotcha. gotcha. Uh, it was in two th- released in July of 2018 um okay so it's fairly new yeah um but it was it was
0: pretty fucking good nice i'll have to check it out yeah i've never heard of it um when ben and i were not at the theaters watching movies we would be hanging out watching some stuff and there were a few a few that i i mentioned to ben earlier before we recorded a few i wanted to bring up uh but i think where i want to start is ben and i actually watched i think it took us what two three weeks all of the Final Destination movies, and if I remember correctly, we loved all of them. Those were yes, fun they were movies.
2: Good. Yeah,
0: I think I think maybe everyone except like the fourth one,
1: which just they went way overboard with like it was uh, misdirection to the highest degree. Oh, okay. They would like okay. they like really tried to set you up to believe one person was going to die, and
0: then someone else died every single time somebody died. I'm just I think that- I'm just remembering this as you're describing it. Do you remember we had the we were thinking of like little sketches of the dumb version of Final <laughs> Destination where like you would you would like open a closet door and a broom would fall. But then you would come out of the vision and you'd be like, oh, I better not open that closet door because a broom would fall like no death would result. It would be like <laughs> menial things falling on the ground that we would have visions of. This, yes. this is just coming back to me. <laughs> yeah, I I only vaguely recall that.
1: But the broom if the broom in the closet definitely. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there was some about,
0: like, falling asleep in class and stuff. Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, those were good fun. We had a great time watching the Final Destination movies. Absolutely. And um, the the last one, maybe? The one that, like, is... I don't know if I should say it. It's kind of a spoiler. I don't oh, know how do. you guys... we do. Spoilers are fine. Okay. Spoilers so are fine. So, I think, I think it's the last one that's actually a prequel. Yeah, it, it's revealed that the kids... Get on the plane. That is the events of the first movie. Yes, dude. Yeah. That, we fucking lost our minds when we saw yep. that. <laughs> that. That was probably the best one of the of the collection. Like that was some good shit. Oh yeah, that was dude. Yeah, that was crazy. When we uh, when we weren't doing the series of Final Destination movies, um, I, I will never forget. Uh, there was a time we watched one of my favorite comedies ever. The goods live hard, sell hard. We watched that a long time ago. I fucking love that movie still. I didn't like it so much. Um, that movie is fantastic. I watched it again since then. No, oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, like, I think it was very close to that where you you put on a movie you liked. I think you might have owned that. I had never seen Thirty Days of Night. We watched together. Yes, yeah. And I, I was actually surprised by how like good horror that was. It wasn't just cliche jump scares and stuff like that you actually had like this religious twist where it was like all these people were religious and the vampires were like we don't care like your god's not gonna save you even though we don't think there's a god if you do it's not gonna save you god no god oh that's a yeah that's a great scene absolutely (laughs) yeah yeah please god Yeah, I love that stuff. Um, 30
1: Days of Night is a fantastic movie. I watched that for the first time back in high school nice. in, in theaters. It's a, it's a good flick.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a good one. And the other one I have on my list, at least last for movies on my list, was um, f- for some reason, uh, I think drugs might have been involved. We watched The Crudes, the animated caveman movie. <laughs> that had to have been drugs. I, I, I know this has come up on cinemates before, and I told the story. That it's not good until the kid throws the bone for the dinosaur or dog to fetch it, and he falls out of their treehouse. And we're and I'm like, oh my god, they just killed this kid's pet. This is amazing. Like, this is this is something's finally happening. And then the dogs—I don't—was it a dog or was it a dinosaur? It had to be I, a dinosaur, right? Yeah, I think
1: it was a dinosaur. I think it was like a little dinosaur. But
0: yeah, the dog would make no sense with the caveman. It would have to be like a wolf, and it would be huge. Yeah. But it comes back at the end of the movie for no reason. It's the stupidest thing. They're, like, yeah. running of for in the big climax, and it just hops on, like, the ship or whatever the yeah. fuck they're riding with them. Oh, my God. I, I, I'm i pretty sure that was one of the first times that we watched a movie, and I was just, like, standing up and screaming in your apartment. where I, I'm, like, that Richland apartment where I was just, like, pulling my hair out going, like, why would they
1: do this? <laughs> It started a a longstanding tradition. Mm -hmm. You you standing up and screaming in my apartment. Yeah. Yeah. That, that absolutely was out of nowhere. Um, I I don't think I have, I don't think I remember anything about that movie other than that scene. Yes. Uh, I agree completely. It it is a non memorable movie. If you have the chance to watch it, probably just pass it up. Um, (laughs)
0: because it will be no different than if you watched it. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) of course we watched a lot of movies but i think we got at least more into or harder into some of the tv shows were there any movies you remember that i missed uh no i don't think anything else is sticking out in my mind that we watched together yeah we probably watched a bunch of stuff but it's just we can't remember it you know for this that the other thing and i think we watch oh hold on did we watch animated batman movies did oh, we watch we Under the Red did. Hook? did. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I would have made you watch Under the Red Hook. That's, we that's definitely what, did. I remember that for sure, yeah. Uh, I think Neil Patrick Harris voices Nightwing in that movie, which okay. is fantastic because Nightwing is one of my favorite DC characters. Um, but the best character, maybe the best scene in that movie is uh, – so the best character is the Joker. The best scene is when um, the Joker just beating the shit out of uh, – somebody with a crowbar no no no. i'm sorry at the beginning of the movie tim drake is killed by the joker with the crowbar and then later they have the joker tied up and they're beating the shit out of him with the crowbar yeah it's coming back to me now and and the joker says something about wanting to take a family portrait together when batman shows up and he's just like first we'll get one with me and uh robin and then one with you and robin and then one with the crowbar and then like (laughs) (laughs) so who's got a camera Ooh,
3: ooh, get one of me and the kid first. Then you and me. Then the three of us. And then one with the crowbar. Then... Ah! It's
0: it's such a fantastic scene. Um, You're right. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. We did. We did some animated Batman. Because I remember you were, you were very much into the animated Batman movies. And I was like, oh, I love Batman the Animated Series. And we kind of gelled together on that DC yeah. stuff, for sure.
1: Uh, Under the Red Hood, I would have absolutely made you watch. I don't remember... I'm not sure if there's any others I would have made you watch with me. I did watch a lot of DC movies back then, but sure. I accept that not all of them are worth watching. So, <laughs> there are, there so I, are a lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um I think, you know, I think we can move on to series if you wanted to talk about well, the series the we TV, watched together. Yes,
0: because cuz we we did we went hard on some TV shows. Uh it's, and it's kind of when I think back about this, it kind of blows my mind that we together, you. I would think you were the one who instigated it. You really wanted to watch this when I was kind of like, eh, which is now what I consider the greatest TV show of all time, Adventure Time. Yes. I love Adventure Time. This is, this is not a hidden fact on this podcast. We actually had okay. a bonus episode about the finale in which Zach had never seen Adventure Time, so I gave him a slew of episodes to watch prior to the finale, and I also typed up like a 12-page document describing the history of Adventure Time that he needed to know going into the finale. And the episode, if I remember correctly, of Cinematity starts with him going, why did you give me homework? (laughs) But yeah, I I remember once we were hanging out and you were like, oh, Adventure Time, I heard about it. I'm like, yeah, I heard about it too. But when I heard about it in my undergrad, I, I didn't like it because everybody who ever talked about it was like, this is quintessential, like, you smoke a joint, you watch Adventure Time. You get high, right. and it's, oh, it's so random, it's crazy, it makes no sense. And I'm like, that's stupid, like, I'm even if I'm getting high, I don't want to do that, you know? I'm not a fucking, like, I'm just going to turn my brain off, I want to do something interesting. Mm-hmm. And then, for whatever reason, Ben was like, let's get high and watch Adventure Time. And I was <laughs> like, well, fuck it, okay. And it turns out that, you know, the first two seasons, I think Ben can agree... I I would love to do a whole podcast just on Adventure Time. Everybody knows that. But the first two seasons are very much that LOL so random. Like there's yes. some connectivity, but it's it's very much like they're using crazy jargon. Jake the dog is saying all that weird stuff. I think I think your favorite scene from that like first two seasons was ah yes, Frank the human boy. How did you almost know my name? I have an approximate knowledge of many things. Absolutely. And it's, it's just like, it's nonsense. Whoa. Somebody come pick up your freaky
3: cat. Greetings, Frank the Human Boy. How did you almost know my name? I have approximate knowledge of many things. For instance, I know that I am possibly going to slay you.
0: And then I I remember Ben and I just kept watching it, because I think there were four seasons when we started, and we hit... The turning point, the season three episode, Holly Jolly Secrets, where they just drop on us that the Ice King is a scientist from old Earth times that we know, like the 2000s, who found a crown that turned him crazy in his search for knowledge and turned him into the Ice King. And they slowly reveal. That like, ooh, is Earth but destroyed by nuclear war and all of these people and creatures trying to reestablish it. And I still say to this day, that's why this show is amazing. Like, everything makes sense. It's not LOL so random because once you know what the show is and how you grow with Finn, every season he has a birthday. You see him age. He gets older as you get older. Everything makes sense. It's, It's the greatest show ever. And I'm so glad we watched it. Because I've I've been actually thinking about rewatching it recently, like going through all of it again. Because it's it's so easy to watch and it's so yes. fucking fantastic. <laughs> it's really good.
1: Um, yeah. So the the Frank the Human Boy joke is one of my favorite jokes in the show for <laughs> sure. Um, there's some of the stuff in the later seasons, like Jake's tail being the, like when he's the asleep. clown in the circus, yeah, sad
0: face. Yeah, the early yep. season six episode I think where. The, the episode starts with BMO and Neptur, and they're like, shh, be quiet, watch this. And Jake's tail, while he's sleeping, just extends. And we just follow it, and it dresses up as a clown. It's at a circus. I think it it feels bad for, like, an an ant or something that's being captured by the circus, and it wants to free it, and it does free it. And it's doing, like, also the circus act of Jake's tail is this avant-garde, like, Sad clown shit that the proprietor doesn't like because it's not making him any money, <laughs> and then the episode ends where the sun rises, his tail like just gets shot back into Jake's body, and Jake wakes up, and it cuts to Bimo and Nep- Nepture, and Nepture goes, "But where did it go? What did it do?" And Bimo says, "There's some things we're never meant to know," and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> And to be, and to be fair this blew our minds because the previous season finale was the whole thing with Finn wishing the lich never existed and changing the world. So it right. literally goes from the heaviest shit happening to just this minute detail of Jake's tail having its own mind. Fucking amazing. <laughs>
1: The the one where he wishes the lich didn't exist, does that change the animation style? Is that that episode?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's when he looks different. He looks more human. And, and Jake is an actual dog, not a right. talking dog. Yep. Right. <laughs> and Shoes Goose is a person <laughs> and all that stuff. Shoes <laughs> <Chus> Goose. <laughs> Dude, I fucking love. We love Adventure Time. That's a great show. But the point I was trying to make, because we could talk forever about Adventure Time, we watched that series that became my favorite series of all time. But we also watched another series that ended up being my least favorite of all time. And that is none other than the anime, Sword Art Online. This this was you. I don't remember exactly, but I think this was you. You were like, I've heard yes. about this. I want to watch it. And I was like, yeah, anime. I got nothing against anime. And, yes, and we so watched was... the 26 episodes. We were hooked. I think the first two episodes were great. We were like, oh, they all go into this VR game. And then the dude shuts it off. And so if it, you're stuck in the game and you have to get to the top tier and blah, blah, blah. And the main character is the only dude that can dual wield sword. So he's the best in the game. And we're like, okay, this is interesting. Cut to a few episodes later, the best character in the game says, fuck it, I don't want to leave the game. I found the true love of my life. I want to play house and family with her in this virtual reality. And the middle of this fucking series is this dude being in love with someone and finding what? They find, like, a computer program to be their child or something, right? Um. I To be honest, I've tried to block it out. Yes, this is I, compressed I
1: memories for sure. I, I don't know if I remember. I remember there's one episode where, like, some guy kills his wife in the game, I think because she was better than him or something.
0: Dude, I'm, I, are you thinking <clears throat> of the episode where the, the arc of the episode is they're, like, trying to figure out that? Because the dude kills his wife— and they're like, oh, this is not good. We shouldn't be fighting each other. We should be fighting to get out of this game. Right. And and they conf- they confront the dude at the end, and he's like, I didn't do it. What are you talking about? And one of them goes, no. I, like, and, like, monk style or, like, detective style reveals how he did it. And the guy just goes, oh, you got me. <laughs> 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 like he just gives up completely. And yeah. I think that was another time I stood up and I was screaming at your TV because I was like, This is the this is the shittiest like storytelling I've ever seen in my life.
1: So, yeah, I so that that anime, like the reason we watched that is because uh back then I was a Facebook user and a lot of my friends on Facebook were talking about Sword Art Online. Okay. And they and they were like, This is the best anime ever and like all this shit and I was like, Okay, like these people who Uh, I've known, you know, I've, I've had similar, uh, tastes as them in anime are really hyping up the show. Like it's gotta be worth watching. And that is like the biggest exaggeration ever. (laughs) The show is not even close to worth watching. Oh my God. Um,
0: That, that that show drove me absolutely crazy. And then I remember we never watched it, but I think like a year later when we were still living near each other, one of us found out that they were doing sword art online too. Yeah. And we were like, we're not going to watch it, but we need to read what it's about. And the same fucking thing happens again. They all go into a virtual reality game and get stuck there. And it's like, okay, no, no, we can't, we can't do this.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm having flashbacks now of like him having to save
0: somebody out of a cage at some point,
1: like in the yeah. later episodes.
0: I think that's the end because the dude who creates the game is like, I don't like that you found true love in my game. So I'm going to like fall in love with your wife and keep her in a cage. And yeah, he has to get up to the cage and fight the dude like that's the end of the series. And I remember like, there was a point where we got like 20 episodes deep at a 26. And I was just like, okay, Ben, the most interesting thing about this is looking at like Japanese characters, like I was enthralled by the way they wrote. And that was more interesting than the show that they would have incredibly complex characters or letters. And I was talking to you about that, and you're like, this has nothing to do with the show. And I'm like, the show has nothing to do with the show! (laughs) (laughs) I think the last series we have to discuss that we watched an insane amount of, which I'm actually uh, embarrassed that I did not remember. Ben had to remind me of prior to this recording, because as he said, dude, we watched like 10 seasons of it. Is Trailer Park Boys, and we did. We watched the shit out of that show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did, and we loved it. As I've always said, the Canadian soap opera, Trailer Park Boys. I, I, I think you know we haven't made this joke to each other in a while, but I know we did for a long time. Even after I moved away from Ohio. You have such a good night that you fall asleep face down on the pavement. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I say that to people a lot, actually.
1: <laughs> like, I tell them I'm going to get so drunk that I, that I can fall asleep face down on the street. Yeah,
0: yeah. oh, God. That Isn't is...
1: there an episode where he says something like, how, how else
0: am I supposed to sleep on the street or yeah. something like that? <laughs> yes, exactly. There's a great, <laughs> I know, we, la- I think we, I think we had to, if I remember correctly, we had to pause the episode because we were laughing so hard where there's a, a confessional, because it's, you know, it's like, um, it, I think it was, it was like the office style, like mockumentary, where we would have shit happen, and then we'd cut to a character like talking to the camera, and yeah. there was one scene where, like, Ricky and Bubbles and and uh, Julian are trying to do some crazy scheme, and Bubbles is trying to get Ricky to do something, and it cuts to the confessional, and Bubbles is like, Ricky don't know how to read. You got to write everything out like frozen chicken nugget instructions. That's the only thing he knows how to read. He knows how to make frozen chicken nuggets. You want to get him to do anything, you got to write it out like it's the back of a freezer bag. And I think we lost our minds when we saw that. (laughs) That this dude can't read, but he can follow instructions from sheer, like, experience with them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's uh do you remember the episode where what's the the like white kid that thinks he's a gangster j-rock j-rock you like they're walking through the park and they're like
0: (laughs) like. mafk i say mafk to people all the time and they don't understand it m-a-f-k he was like you're such a mafk and they go what what is that i'm like it's motherfucker 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 Muff like it's it's the <laughs> fastest way you could possibly ever say motherfucker and they oh dude it's coming back to me j rock it's the first episode of trailer park boys you saying you know what i'm saying too many times like 80, 90, 80 times. 90 times
1: that's too many times like, too many times
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know i'm saying everybody walking on the face of the earth trying to judge j rock you know what i'm saying See what I'm saying? But I ain't shook, cause my fuckers try to take me out and stuff. But they can't, right? You know what I'm saying? You're saying, know what no, I'm saying? Too many times, 80 or 90 times. That's too many times. Once or twice yeah. is cool, but eighty or ninety times, man. What are you from the department? of know I'm saying? You're taking oh, the the you're you taking a norm census? You counting my norm sayings? We well, hanging out, right? It's Eight all, or nine right? times. That's you're too seen, many. Know what I'm saying? You know what know what I'm on saying? my jock. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to have a good time. You know what I'm saying? And you're counting my norm sayings. That's, know that's too, too many times. That's. How am Once I supposed to be myself when you're counting my norm sayings all the time? You know what I'm saying?
2: J Rock
1: saying what No, what i'm saying i made that
0: joke like last week somebody they said you say it too many times you say it's like 80 90 times it's too many times (laughs) oh god that is yeah that is a fantastic show um one
1: one scene that you always used to talk about uh there's like like a scene where there's like a cat that walks across i was gonna bring
0: that up and they blurred the cat's face out That is the greatest. That is the one of the greatest pieces of filmmaking in human history. That a mockumentary style show in an establishing shot of a trailer park where most of the trailers look the same shows a cat crossing a gravel street, and they blur the cat's face out because the cat wouldn't sign a release. That's why you blur (laughs) people's faces out on these shows. I. That, that's why that show is fantastic. That's in the first season. That might be like the third episode or something. Yeah, it's really early on. But I, I have seen a lot of that show. I don't even know what's still going on. I know that I didn't like it as much when Netflix bought it after a certain amount. Like, I think I got to 11 or 12 seasons and Netflix bought it. And they went in a different direction. And I still love some of it, but I'm, I'm, I might be a few seasons behind. But, oh, my God. Moff, too many times. The fact that Julian... There's like one scene in ten seasons that he doesn't have a glass of alcohol in his hands. Like yeah. it, they'll they'll be fucking they'll have like ski masks on raiding like a weed field late at night and he'll have a fucking rocks glass in his hand, sipping it, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
1: fucking alcoholic.
0: That show is, I, is goddamn amazing.
1: Is that the show where they talk about like getting drunk enough to ruin a child's soccer
0: game? Yes, that's where <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you bring this up, because that's where it came from. It's become one of my longest running jokes is that when I go out with people, when we like we're like go I'll meet up at their place, we'll be going out for whatever, like to the bars or to a club or to a concert. I'll always say like my goal for the night is to get drunk enough to ruin a public event. And that's and that's trailer park boys. Ricky's like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting drunk enough to ruin my kid's soccer game tomorrow. And he says it like he's proud. Oh shit! There's that like I think it's like later of what we watched, like season seven, where he, he Ricky's all fucked up because he has like twenty nicotine patches on his body and he's still smoking cigarettes, <laughs> and and Bubbles is like Ricky, how many times have I told you you can't? fucking smoke cigarettes while I got the nicotine patches on. He's like, no, it's okay, Bubbles. I started smoking the cigarette first and then put the nicotine patches on. (laughs) Dude, we we laughed for hours about the way she goes. Remember Ricky's dad? It's the fucking way she goes. No, it's not. You you blew all our money on video poker. That's not the way she goes. (laughs) Is it?
1: Like, isn't his dad the one that, like, pees in jugs and throws them out the, on the yes, highway? The
0: piss jugs, yes, because he was a trucker. He was a trucker for years. So he just, even though he's not a trucker anymore, he still uses piss jugs. <laughs> yeah. And they're, like, like, they'll go to his, his trailer and they'll just be, like, broken gallons of water bottle with, like, a like little bit of piss in them. And Bubbles will be like, why are you throwing your piss jugs on the lawn? Like, we have a trash service. We have a dumpster. Like, just take them there. <laughs>
1: And then there's the broken bottle kids or or whatever the fuck they're called. Oh
0: my god, you're right. They're always throwing the bottles at people. At a Corey and Trevor, the two dimwits (laughs) that want to be part of the gang. They're always just like, (laughs) dude. Oh my god, that makes me think. One of the, I think why we watch so much of this show was we watched the first episode, and that's when we have the villain. Is Cyrus Like the greaser type dude He has that leather jacket And he's the one Who's always trying to Take the jobs From Ricky and Julian And he Mm -hmm. does a confessional And he's like Check out my gun Like Magnum 38 Safety Always off (laughs) 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 and i think i think we lost our minds and we were like okay we have to watch more of this show regardless of what's gonna happen just to see this dude with a greaser jacket and sunglasses like john travolta and he's like safety always off (laughs) Um,
1: you remember the episode where is it Leahy? like he gets really drunk and tries to cook in his house with a barbecue grill like a charcoal grill (laughs)
0: Leahy <laughs> and Randy. Randy yeah. with the gut, he never wears a shirt. And Leahy's constantly getting drunk. Oh my god, the greatest quote from Leahy is there's like a cold open of an episode where he's like, Do you feel it, Randy? What, Mr. Leahy? The way the shit clings to the air. <laughs> the shit storm's coming. And then he has such a huge bottle of alcohol he's drinking from that Randy has to help him hold it up. <laughs> And then it cuts to Trailer <laughs> Park Boys, Doo-doo-doo-doo-doo, <laughs> and the credits, and we're just like, "Oh my God, this is this is the worst depiction of people in trouble we've ever seen." But we can't stop watching it. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Um...
2: Feel that? Feel what, Mister Lee? The way the shit clings to the air, Randy. Shit clings to the air.
3: It's already started, my dear good friend. What
2: started, Mr. Leahy? The shit blizzard.
1: I don't think we watched any of it together. If so, not very much. But did you ever watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia?
0: Oh, yeah, we didn't watch a lot of that together. We did, though, have the great conversation once about, is this the new Seinfeld? Is this yes. our generation's version of people just being shitty to each other? Right. And I'm pretty sure before we had the discussion, you posed this question to me, and we both looked at each other and simultaneously said, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it's it's yeah, it's definitely Seinfeld-esque. I, I, didn't, I haven't watched a lot of Seinfeld, but from what I understand, it's people who show no personal growth. And, and that is yep. 100% what It's Always Sunny is.
0: Oh, dude. Yeah, um, we we actually joke, Zach and I joke about, um, it's an early episode. It's when they find the dumpster baby in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And they take it, they want to, like, like D and Mac want to put this baby in commercials. And so they're like, they go to some casting agency. And the lady's like, eh, well, we don't really have a lot of work for your baby. If it was a black baby or a Latino baby, that would help. And they go, okay, we got you. Cut to a tanning salon. Oh, yeah, and, they, and, right. and it cuts to the guy behind, like at the service desk going, let me get this straight. You want to put a baby in a tanning bed? And they go, just to get a base. Just to get a base. <laughs> and Zach and I laugh about that all the time. Like that's one of the funniest things to us. Just just to get a base.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Um let me get this
3: straight. You want to put your baby into a tanning bed. That's correct. I'm sorry, that's against the law. Look, pal, we are well aware of the law, okay? We don't want to jam you up here. We just want to put them in there for a couple of minutes. Just to get a base. Just to get a base. We'll sign whatever waivers or whatever you need us to do. So let us cook them for a couple of minutes and we'll be out of your hair.
1: Yeah, anyway, I, I, th- I brought it up because of, like, the alcoholism and the, the connection yeah, there. Yeah, I think,
0: I think we talked about it. I don't think I think we watched the episode separately, like you said, but there's that episode. It's called like the gang gets the flu, and they're all sick in that episode. And in the last two minutes, they all start drinking alcohol. They're, the whole episode, they're like, "We're not gonna drink because we're sick. We gotta get better." But then they, they, like shit goes wrong. and They start drinking. They're all sitting in like the on the floor of the Paddy's Pub bathrooms, and they're like, "Oh, we didn't have the flu." we were just going through alcohol withdrawal (laughs) like we're alcoholics
1: (laughs) (laughs) absolutely Uh, i think one of my favorite jokes from that show is actually the one where uh they find out that charlie burns trash in the (laughs) in the basement of the of the bar he's like this whole place runs on trash (laughs) (laughs) oh
2: yeah
0: i I do i love i love (laughs) it's always sunny that's a great show um absolutely like i i loved danny devito when he was like a, a real actor not that he's not a real actor anymore but now he's just become this weird like seventh level of hell caricature of danny devito for yes. that show and it's amazing <laughs> i i really
1: thought that danny devito being added to that show was going to ruin it in like the second season and i was wrong yep it, oh yeah i There's no problem admitting I was wrong about that. Danny DeVito added a layer to that show that it was missing.
0: Uh, Um, To this day, it, it, it changed the culture of humanity, not just America, but humanity, when he said directly into the camera, Oh, I dropped my Magnum condom from my Magnum dung. Like, that's the stupidest piece of humor ever, but it changed the fucking world. <laughs> the, the condom dropper around the world? Yes. No. Nobody could know how stupid humor could influence things until Danny DeVito became the trash man on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's uh, Don't, like, him and Charlie share a bed in that show? Yeah, yeah. For, there's like, a, a long time. An, there's a literally an entire episode called Who Pooped the Bed? Where everybody tries to figure out if it was Charlie or Danny DeVito that shit the bed in their sleep. Right.
1: Yeah, and it turns out to have been Danny DeVito on purpose.
0: Yeah, and he's just like, yeah, I thought it'd be funny. (laughs) And it it was, because they got 22 solid minutes of TV from it. (laughs) Yes, they did. Yes, they did. With all that being said, we took a little trip down memory lane. Uh, I'm so glad that we got that on recording. you know, On the record, Ben and I... The times that we uh, (laughs) yelled at each other about media. But I I told Ben we were going to do this before we recorded. Well, I still got him here. For cinemodities, I wanted to get his ideas, if he has any, if he's seen him or anything like that, on some more recent films. Uh, Not TV shows. I actually haven't watched any recent TV shows unless you count Law & Order's Vu, which uh, Ben knows. I'm a huge Law & Order fan, Um, but that doesn't deserve much discussion other than it's Mariska Hargitay screaming about rape. Every week for 40 minutes. But I did want to ask you. I got two movies in mind in particular that I wanted to know. Actually, three now that I think of it. That I wanted to know if you saw. And the one I'm going to start with is Joker. Did you see Joker? Movie of the year. So you're saying you liked Joker. I
1: liked Joker. This might
0: need to be its own episode. I absolutely hated Joker. Okay.
1: Okay. I understand why you might hate
0: that movie. i wanna I wanna put this in perspective because I've said it on cinemonidies before, but for Ben to hear it, some of the people that I went to see Joker with walked out before it ended. like that Whoa. i I stayed the whole time because I'm you know, I'm never gonna walk out of a movie if i'm if I'm seeing it, I'm seeing it, you know you like you yeah. remember I watched Ben knows. I watched eight seasons of Weeds and hated every minute of it, but I sat through eight seasons of it. I hated Joker. You liked Joker. I guess this is a great foil to Interstellar and Birdman because Zack also loved Joker.
1: Okay. Um, Yeah, so I really did like Joker. Uh, I definitely understand that it is not for everybody. Mm -hmm. It was a very slow movie at the the beginning. Um, The parallels (laughs) between him going crazy... And like the world around him, I thought were like that was an enjoyable experience. to sure. so, like to check those out. Um, obviously they changed. Like they didn't go with DC canon. So like, yes, Joker was not involved in the in the death of Batman's parents in in yeah, the DC uh, comic yeah. book canon. Uh, that didn't bother me at all. I know that some people uh, were concerned about that. Um. But the shit at the end of that movie where he finally loses his shit and kills that guy on live TV.
0: Yeah, Robert De Niro. Yeah. 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 That, that, I, I that, will give you that. That was the best scene in the movie, you know, yes. for sure.
1: That subway scene, I Joker is clearly in the wrong in that subway scene. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I in my in my heart, I was like, you fucking kill those people. Like, that's I think that's why I love that movie so much. Because it, it it made me interact with my shadow, my, like oh. my union. Like it was so like, obviously Joker is in the wrong, but I was like, murder those motherfucking people. <laughs> and and I had you know I like I had sympathy for him as a character, okay. and I think that's why I liked it so much because the Joker historically is just a a fucking madman, like he's just a crazy person yeah. Yeah. with no redeemable qualities, and they made him. A sympathetic character, and that's that's why I like that movie.
0: I I dig that, and I'm really glad that you had this opinion because you know, like we said, for Birdman, for Interstellar, you're going to be in my corner. Right. But if we ever do the debate episode, you're going to switch to Zach's corner for the discussion of Joker. I will. I
1: I think that movie was a very, very good, very high quality. Right on.
0: I I do have to ask you because it, it turned out that after this movie, um, you know, when I had the, I went with about a group of six people. Some walked out, two of them walked out, uh, and in their words exactly, they said, I'd rather smoke weed in the parking lot than watch the rest of this movie, and that's what Fair they enough. did. Um, I sat through it, and afterwards, like immediately afterwards, I was like, I need to think about this. Like, I, there was stuff I didn't like, there was stuff I liked, I need to think about it, and I settled on, this movie fucking sucked. Like, I really did not like Joker. But I, I'm glad you bring it up that way because it is something that I think deserves attention. And that's what I want to bring notion to, is that I would love to discuss it again. I'm not saying I hate it. I never want to watch it again. It does deserve some more attention. So I will will put that on the record for sure. Cool. Yeah. The next movie I wanted to ask you about was something I mentioned earlier. Have you seen Parasite, the Korean film that won all the awards? I have not. I okay, not seen uh, I watched it. I went into it with complete, like, oh, this won awards, like, so many awards. It's going to be right down the middle. It's going to be pleasing to everybody. And after I watched it, I'm actually blown away by how much I loved it. Like, like it's almost two different movies. Like, okay. the, the, the first half is, like, there's a poor family and a rich family. The poor family cons their way into being, like, the workers for the rich family. Like they like they get the old maid out, and one of them becomes the new maid. They get the old tutor out, becomes the new tutor. They become they get the old tutor. Uh, they get the old driver out, become the new driver. And the first hour of the movie, I'm like, okay, this is interesting, because you don't know where the movie's coming from. Are the poor people the parasites, like they're using their ability to to leech off of the rich people, or are the rich people the parasites because they couldn't run their lives without their butlers and their maids? And I'm like, this is interesting. I'm like, I'm getting behind it. Halfway through the movie, shit hits the fan. There's fucking people living in the walls of this mansion. It gets gory as hell. Like, people's heads are getting busted open with rocks. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I fucking loved it. Like, I really loved Parasite. So I would definitely recommend it to you, Ben, to check it out.
1: Is it uh, originally not in English with subtitles? You
0: have to... Uh, uh, I The version I have is with subtitles. you got to watch it with okay. subtitles because it is, it is a fully Korean movie. So the last one I had to ask you about might be a, uh, a sleeper. It's something that I can tell you right off the bat Zach and I both saw in theaters and fucking loved. Like, we have gushed over this movie. And it is none other than Uncut Gems. Adam Sandler in a serious role. Have you heard about this movie? Is that the one where he's like the the Jewish guy? Yeah, or, the Jew- uh... the Jewish gambler who runs yeah. like a, a a jewelry shop, and the so that, whole. That's, that's Literally, it's two hours. I, like I, I saw it in theaters first before Zach, because you know, as Ben knows, Zach is the Star Wars person, and it took me multiple times. I had to go on the Star Wars podcast to talk about Episode Nine. I went to the theater one day. And I was like, I'm going to go see Star Wars Episode Nine at 4.30 p.m. That's when I'm here. As I get to the theater, I see on the marquee, Uncut Gems is playing at 4.30. I went and saw that instead. And I, I literally, I had, I had no knowledge about Uncut Gems other than Adam Sandler's in a serious role. I was so against seeing Star Wars because if uh, this audience knows, but to make it clear for Ben, I don't like Star Wars. I'm intrigued by Star Wars. I decided not to see Star Wars. I saw Uncut Gems instead. I sat in the theater for two hours being more stressed out in my life than I have ever been. That's the thing about this movie is that you watch Adam Sandler make terrible decisions for two straight hours. Oh, God. Like, it is stressful. Like, you want to scream while you're seeing this movie. And I loved it. I love that sense of catharsis. I want a movie to make me feel something, whether it's good, whether it's bad. I want to feel like something strong, emotional reaction. Like we said with Birdman, we were like, we get it. We get, he wants his legacy. He doesn't want to be just another piece of fluff in the Hollywood industry. Uncut gems. I was like tearing my hair out because every moment of the movie, he's just the stupidest person you could ever see, but okay. it's amazing. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. And, and if since you haven't seen it Zach's Zach saw it in theaters and on his own like he found a, a screener of it and he's loved it both times. This is another one I gotta send to you you really have to check this out this is like this was a, a blow away type of movie
1: okay uh, that that sounds interesting. I definitely am interested in watching it uh, Those are the three movies you wanted to ask me about I've seen one of them
0: Yes. So I wanted okay. to throw it over to you. Have you seen anything recently or, you know, many have, you wanted to bring up?
1: I have been watching a lot of movies in the – or or rather I should say for a – I went through a little time period where I watched a lot of horror suspense movies.
0: Ooh, nice. Uh,
1: and it's I, – I watched them because of the fact that they make me uncomfortable uh,
0: sure. while I'm
1: watching it. Like I, I, get, that, I get that feeling. Um, there's one that I wanted to bring up specifically called Ready or Not. Have you heard of this movie?
0: I don't think so. I don't think I've heard okay. of this movie at all.
1: So the premise of Ready or Not is that there's this family who have in, they make uh, like board games or something. Like they're they're in the in the board game industry. Okay. And their success is due to the fact that one of their relatives a long time ago met some person with some kind of magic powers, some some kind of like demon or something. Mhm. And uh, and he you know, he he told them that they I don't remember exactly how, he, how it was set up, but basically they would be successful so long as they lived by some of his rules. Sure, sure. So one of the rules is that on the night that any of them gets married, they go into this game room and they draw a card at random and they have to play whatever game is on the card. Okay. And the card, like, it's revealed in the movie, like, the card is, like, magically imprinted with, with whatever game it is they have to play. Sure. And all, most of the games are just games, like backgammon, shit like that. They just play these games. There's okay. one exception, hide-and-seek. Whenever the hide-and-seek card is drawn, they have to kill the new spouse before the sun rises or their family will be destroyed. Okay. So that that's the premise of the, of the movie, uh, and you know, for, for throughout the whole movie, I think for the most part, you you kind of feel like these people are just kind of nuts, and you know, they just believe this nonsense that isn't real, and they're trying to kill this girl,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and
1: she's like fighting back, and and because she's you know, you find out a little bit about her backstory, she has she's had some shit where she had to like defend herself, and so she's she's like, oh god, like this type of thing's happening again, um, not like people trying to kill her, but like she had she had to. She, she has, has some experience.
0: She has some survival skills is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. Exactly. Gotcha.
1: So she's fighting back. She's, she's killing all these people. And uh, if you want to watch it, I won't spoil it, but there's something at the end of this movie that I think makes it worth watching. Nice. Uh, so do you, do you want me to spoil it for you?
0: Uh uh, yeah, if if you know you know okay. me, I'm totally fine with spoilers. If you want to go okay. for it, we'll go ahead. I'm definitely gonna check this out, regardless of the spoiler or not, because this okay. sounds really interesting for sure.
1: <laughs> it's uh, yeah, so it, it's a fun movie kind of overall. It's uh, a little bit suspenseful, but then at the end, you know, they're they're coming up on sunrise. She's been like, she's gotten out of the house, and they sent someone out to get her, and like they, they the their butler brings her back in. Uh, there are people getting accidentally killed because, like, somebody with a with an itchy trigger finger thinks it's you know her and it's not. <laughs> nice. Um, and then they have her like on this table at sunrise, and they're like trying to finish killing her, and they they don't do it in time. And then they're like, "Huh, nothing's happening." Okay. And then one by one, they explode. Every oh. single person in the family just starts to explode. I fucking love it. <laughs> so, so, you know, they they give us the whole like, oh, they just believe nonsense. And then, bam, actually, it's not nonsense. And uh, and their family explodes and their house, like, burns down. <laughs> that it's, is it's
0: great. That is awesome. Okay. Right on. Right on. You uh, know, and w- as you described that, it made me think of, you know, when they have to pick a card and play a board game. Mm-hmm. Another movie we watched together that I don't think we mentioned – Cabin in the Woods. Yes. We watched that together the where they have to – the the people have to pick out some object unbeknownst to them right. that determines their fate, and they all have to die before evening. Oh, that's right on, ready or not. Yeah, I looked it up. It, it seems recent, 2019 it looks like. Yes,
1: I saw it in theaters after I moved to Columbus, so it's, nice. very, it's very recent. I dig it. Yeah, seen- I'll have
0: to check that out.
1: Uh, I've seen quite a few, uh, um, suspense type movies. Like I watched all the insidious movies since I've been here. I watched a movie called the intruder that came out in theaters. I watched, uh, there was a slender man movie. I watched that. I heard about Um, that. Yeah. (laughs) Intruder. The intruder definitely created like a suspenseful feeling in me. Mm -hmm. It's, it's worth watching. If you like that kind of movie, it's not, there's not a whole lot to say about it. Um, a movie that that I really enjoyed that maybe is a little different than some of what we've been talking about into the spider verse
0: Oh yeah I haven't I haven't seen that but I've heard a lot of great shit about it for sure I've seen it's, the animation style and I get why it's gotten so much attention for that you know it's the yeah. uh, it's it it seems to me what everybody said and what I've seen it's the first movie to actually put a comic book to motion yep. like that animation style looks <clears throat> really cool for sure
1: it's very good. End uh, of the Spider-Verse is, is a fantastic movie. Um, there's – I don't know. It's, it's well put together. The nice. story's good. I, I, I really like it as a whole. I, I, I don't have too much to say about it other than that you should watch it if you like Spider-Man. Sure, um, yeah. I saw – I've seen most of the Marvel movies that have come out like Captain Marvel
0: and – Yeah, we don't – uh, we, we did a whole – we did a whole series on Marvel where Zach and I actually yeah. saw Endgame together, and we talked about a lot about that. Uh, the rule on Cinemodities is that we're done with superheroes. Okay, that's
1: fine. <laughs> that's fine. I don't, I don't need...
0: Uh, oh, actually, hold on. Have you Uh-oh. talked about Uh-oh. Venom? No, I never saw Venom. Zach did.
1: Venom is good. Okay, venom okay. is think, not
0: in the same universe. I think Zach uh, said he Zach said he didn't hate it. He thought it was an ok movie, but we never got to the point where we were really like needing to to talk about it ever.
1: Uh, no I, I venom is is definitely worth the watch. ok. Um, this the suit, you know, it's a living thing. It talks to the guy who's wearing it uh, yes. throughout the movie. Ah, uh, there's there's a scene in the movie where like he's up in a tall building and and he's like working his way you know to, he's he's ready to leave the building, and and the suit like they look at a window and he's just like jump he like, tells him to jump out the window,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then the next scene is the next shot is him waiting for the elevator and the suit's like you're a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I
0: like a little subversion I can get behind yeah. that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it, it's worth watching. It's um, Venom, as I'm sure a lot of people here know is a villain in the Marvel Universe. Yep. In this movie, he is an anti-hero, not, okay. not a villain. So okay, it is right different, on. and it's it's not canon. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's it. Like I don't know that I've seen any, any other movies that I would really want to take time to talk about. Sure. Um,
0: well, I think that's actually perfect. I don't know if you were doing this on purpose, Ben, but um, when you ended this with Venom... Who did the song for Venom? Eminem. Venom, Venom, Venom. Yes. Even though that was off a kamikaze, I think that's a great segue into music, but I'm looking at Ben's face right now that there might be something else he wants to discuss. (laughs) Is that Um, the case?
1: Other than the the, – what were those movies? The um, the Purge movies? The one that killed people?
0: yeah. I still have never seen any Purge movies, but I have them on my hard drive because I think you told me about them. <laughs> yeah, they they actually get
1: pretty decent, but uh, okay. anyway, no, we don't, we don't, we can we can take the segue, venom into Eminem, venom, uh, venom, 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 I got that trailer. venom, 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 not going, with never gonna slow up, in
3: ready to step any venom, venom. taking his time to go get 'em, they
1: ain't gonna know what to hit 'em, venom in
0: veminem Vem Vem yes after this entire discourse while i had ben here we had to talk about the cinematic aspect of cinemotides but now we are truly breaking form we're going to music we're finally yes. doing it we're going to music and i think the best way to start this is that the the three songs we're going to be discussing today were pitched by ben of course you know how, how could i have ben on and make him talk about rob nonsense ben knows me just like zach does if there's any chance i could talk about music i want to talk about animal collective ben is not a fan of animal collective uh, neither is zach neither is anybody i talk to on publicly released media i'm okay with that but we are talking about rap music and yes. before we jump into the rap music i did want to give a little history because we've spent so much time now talking about Ben and I's history with media, movies, and TV shows. Music has played an equally, if not larger, role in our friendship. Because Absolutely. we've fucking seen small pools together. We've seen yeah. the kooks together. Ben and I saw the kooks when he was dying sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. And oh, that you know. Sucked. Yeah, Ben was Ben had a like a like, like cold, like a hardcore cold where the kooks guitarist like amp got unplugged and there was a very harsh noise and i think it almost killed him Yep. um but yeah we he, we've been to concerts we've seen new politics we've seen 21 pilots did we yeah, see no, modest we... mouse together or was that you and nick i saw modest mouse with nick with nick okay okay yeah and i
1: and i did not bring a jacket and it was really <laughs> fucking cold and i just i had to like
0: get close to groups of people to steal their warmth. I remember you telling me that. I also yeah. remember when we saw 21 pilots in Columbus, we you and I hardcore made fun of that girl that had the map of the world tattooed on her back, but what wasn't it missing Australia or Antarctica? No, it was missing Antarctica. It was missing it was, a continent.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, so like it was actually just the outlines of the continents. Like <laughs> it was a continent based tattoo. And <laughs> and and it did, she did not have Antarctica. And I, I think I asked her about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, we talked to her, yeah. I was just like, did you know your tattoos doesn't have Antarctica? And she was like, what are you talking about? She's
0: like, really?
1: Yeah, so I uh, was like, well, okay, that's was not on purpose. Um, and it's not going to get finished later. This is just an incomplete <laughs> continent map of the world
0: so yes um, ben and i have been to concerts ben and i love music even though we, yes. we we love different music there's a great overlap which is exactly why we do these music discussions and this is i think where i finally want to kick it into high gear this is going to go in the title of this episode this is cinemodities the podcast but this is a very special feature of song screed and so, if you, if you actually follow or go to the Ann Inspiriority Complex YouTube page, you will find four other music discussions with me and Ben. We've done this before. This ain't a cold open at all. This is, this is something we've done prior, and we've had fun doing. And I think yeah. the four that are out are... Uh, we got Wicked Campaign by Modest Mouse, Hannah Hunt by Vampire Weekend, Mean Ass Drunk by Watsky, and oh how how could i forget are you looking for action <laughs> the, the first one by Kasop. how could i forget are you that looking was, for action that was the first one we recorded to. what isn't that, that that song is what 16 hours long and it's the same thing for the entire 16 hours definitely <laughs>
1: um, if yeah if you if you were to cut
0: to cut up the, the, or copy and paste that 8 minute song back to back
1: you would never be able to tell when the next one started.
0: So if, if, um. you, if you enjoy what Ben and I have discussed already, if you enjoy what we're going to get into, more of the music side of things, definitely check out SongScreen on YouTube because we've, we've been doing it. We've been doing it before, and I'm very happy to say we're finally getting into it. And these three songs that we're discussing were all pitched by Ben. I'm going to let Ben say what they are, but I want to get it on record, finally. And I think I did say it in the Watsky, or excuse me, the Watsky episode of Song Screed, that when Ben and I lived together, even though we listened to some rap music, I was not the biggest fan of rap. And it did take me some time now when I moved to Colorado, and because of Justin, someone Ben knows, I really had the two of them coming at me from all angles, getting me more into the concept of rap. And now I love it. Now I got nothing against it. Sure, I don't. You know, I respect all music. I think I'll always say that. But now I understand it better. And that's why I'm Mm. excited to talk about this stuff more. So, Ben, without any further ado, if there's no other history to give, would you like to say what we're discussing today?
1: Are, are, are we just doing all three right now? Just listing I, I, them out here? I
0: think you can list them, and then we'll go through them kind of one by one. And I will all let right. you certainly choose the order as long as Mr. <laughs> Mailman is last. We cannot do Mr. Mailman first. <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, all right. So the, uh, the first two songs are off of Eminem's new album, Music to be Murdered By. Uh, I, I picked these two songs in particular because one of the guys I work with, thought Godzilla was going to be the number one track off of this song. And I disagree, and I think Those Kind of Nights is actually going to be the number one track of this okay. song, off this album. Okay, So Those Kind of Nights and Godzilla are the two songs off of, um, off of that album. And I'm okay with really any order on those. Uh, and then the last song, as you said, it has to be last, Mr. Mailman by Spose. And Spose, for those of you who don't know, you should know, Spose is a white boy from Maine whose real name is Peter Sparker and he does reference the similarity to Spider-Man on occasion in his album art. (laughs)
2: Um,
1: And he raps and it's ridiculous because he's from Maine and he's white and he likes to hunt and camp and whatever. And he raps. And so he talks about that in his songs. Nice. Um, All right. So yeah, we can, uh, we can jump right in then if you want you, what are, what are your first impressions uh, well, let's, let's start with Those Kind of Nights, because I have them up on my browser. That's the order they're in. Sure, uh, sure. What, what is your first impression of Those Kind of Nights?
0: So, so I do have to say that um, when Ben pitched me these songs, I was very excited because they were Eminem. And Eminem is someone I've respected for a long time. Even if I wasn't really into rap, I think you got to respect Eminem for what he's done for the music industry. Um, and I, I had listened to Music to be Murdered By prior to Ben suggesting these songs. One because it was Eminem, and I want to download and respect anything he releases. I, I'm one of the people that actually really loved Kamikaze. I thought that was that was a like an exercise in Eminem making fun of the current rap industry, and I was very much into that. Where there's like a whole song where a verse is just a copy and paste of a Kendrick song, but Eminem is going, "Do you want me to make the same shit everybody else is making?" And I'm like, "I feel you, I feel you, Eminem," <laughs> and. And when I, when I first downloaded uh, Music to be Murdered By, I was kind of blown away because I think this is perfectly fitting for cinemodities. If you ever tell a movie person the phrase, Music to be Murdered By, the first thing that comes to mind is the Alfred Hitchcock album. Alfred Hitchcock, in the fucking 50s, released an album curated by him, the director, called Music to be Murdered By. And I don't know if Ben knows this, but in this album, we get two skits, Alfred and Alfred Outro, that are literally just samples from Alfred Hitchcock's Music to be Murdered By. I
1: did not know other than, like, so I I assumed that Alfred Hitchcock was chosen because of his, he made horror movies, right? Uh,
0: Thriller horrors type of thing, you know. uh, So he did, um, of course, Psycho is his most famous film, which is horror. The Birds. The Birds. Uh, South. Uh, I made this mistake earlier. It's North by Northwest. South by Southwest is the music festival, uh, but like Vertigo, things like that. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. So I I assumed that those that those skits were in there because of of Alfred Hitchcock. You know his relationship to murder. Sure. I had no idea that there was an album and that those were actually just taken straight from that album.
0: Straight so. samples, and I love it. It's some of the only sketches or skits from rappers that I keep on my phone. Because Ben knows I keep all my music locally. I don't use Spotify a lot. And every time I download a rap album, and for some reason, these rappers, like Logic, like J. Cole, they're like, oh yeah, they're just going to put 45 seconds of talking as a track. And I'm like, this is not what I want to hear. And I delete those immediately. Absolutely. Eminem did it right. He put some great Hitchcock stuff that I think adds to the motif he's trying to... To purvey with this album, and and I absolutely love it. I do have to say though, when I listened to this album for the first time, "Those Kind of Nights" was not one of the songs that stood out to me. I do have to say that the song that stood out to me the most was "Ya Ya 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 Ya
3: Ya 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 Ya
0: I don't know if that rings a bell for Ben, but that's from the same album. Um, But I was very happy to see something from Music to be Murdered By. And even though it didn't stand out to me, as I started to listen to it, to look at the lyrics, you know, for this recording, I I came to love it. I absolutely came to love it because I, I think I've said it to Ben before. One of my things with rappers is that they always have to have their song about sex. (laughs) <laughs> and some of them do it in a very, very overt way. Like I'm thinking of Kid Cudi, where Kid Cuddy's just like, I'm making a moan when I put my dick in her, put my dick in her, making a moan, and I'm like, this is there's no other way you can interpret this than it's about sex. And Eminem, I've never really thought that same way. I before this album I, I couldn't tell you which song was about sex. But as I got into this song, with you know him talking about the club and whatnot, it's those kind of nights. I'm like, okay, this is kind of Eminem's version of his song about sex. And I don't want to jump the gun with what you got to say, Ben, but I absolutely love the uh, the verse in this song. Seriously, though, jokes aside, how you doing? You straight? She said. No, I'm bi. She said, are you drunk? I said, no, I'm high. I'm checking out the chick? She said... So am I
3: seriously, though jokes aside. How you doing? You straight. She said, no, I'm bi. She said, are you drunk? I said, no, I'm high. I'm checking out the chick. She said, so am I.
0: That's that's great. That's like that's like a modern take on, you know, you could run into someone in a club where I think I think we've all been there. You might be with someone and they're like, nope, I'm gay. Yeah. Like, get the hell away from me. You know, that's the modern take we live in. And Eminem's actually hitting on that stuff. It's not just like, oh, I'm a sexy man oh, everybody can't resist me, oh. It's actually like, you. sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. And I have a great sense of respect for this song because that's how I started to latch onto it. And I'm really interested. I had to get that out there to know, well, now, Ben, what do you think about this song? Um,
1: I think that this song is incredibly fun to listen to. True. Uh, oh, yeah. And one thing that I will say uh, about... So Ed Sheeran is, is featured in this song, or he, he yes. does the chorus, and he is a whiny bitch like always.
0: If you want to go hard tonight, well then smoke <laughs> in the bottle on me, I, I slip into the red dress you like. Yeah, I, I'm not an Ed Sheeran fan in any sense of the word. <laughs> uh, but
1: I think that this chorus is so good with the rest of this song. Like he took, the so like Ed Sheeran has a few good songs, and none of them are the whiny ones. <laughs> like there's the there's the whiny songs Ed Sheeran does and the good songs Ed Sheeran does they're completely disjoint, um, and this this kind of closes that gap a little bit. Uh, he is whiny in the chorus and it's great. It uh, it fits that like upbeat kind of club sound that they got going on in in the uh, you know in the music. Uh, but I do have to say, being in Ohio. There is, there's part of a verse in this song that sticks out to me. I knew you were going to bring this up. <laughs> I, I mean, you have to. Uh, in fact, my, my girlfriend listened to this song, and she heard this part, and she was like, I feel represented. Uh, <laughs> nice. So, so, so the lyrics here are, Holy Toledo, it's Miss Ohio, that's the best ass
0: I've seen in a while. Yep, yep. Oh, that's out uh, to me for sure, Yep. <laughs>
3: holy toledo it's miss ohio that's the best ass i've seen in a while we should be dating she's from cleveland but she's a bingo this chick is catty is that a miniskirt? if it's a maxi that's the shortest thing for a dress cincinnati. cincinnati she said
1: fuck off and threw a liquor at me it's one of those kind of nights. we should be dating she's from cleveland she but but she's a bangle this chick is catty is that a mini skirt is that a miniskirt? if it's a maxi That's the shortest thing for address Cincinnati. So of course, you know we've got Toledo, uh, Dayton, Cleveland, Bengals, Mm -hmm. uh, and then and then Cincinnati in in the last line. That's three words to make up you know Cincinnati.
0: Yes, since Um, since and Addy. And I'm so glad you bring this up because I know we talked about it when we discussed Watsky. But the same goes for Eminem. Eminem is an artist that not only knows how to use his voice, he knows how to use his language. Like, like I think just in a vacuum, when you when you hear this name of the city, Cincinnati, that, that's what it is. It's the name of this location. It takes someone with true understanding of their art and their talent to break that up into since and Addy. It seems so simple once it's posed, but right. but it's like, you know, you can't say that it's stupid – Cause you didn't think of it, exactly. It it takes that it's, talent to break it down in that way, and that's one of the reasons I'm always going to respect Eminem. Right when when that, I agree with you, I think when you
1: when you can break something down in a way that when you when you hear it, you think, of course,
2: mm-hmm. of
1: course that was done, but you didn't think of it yourself. Like that says something. It's like you've broken it down into something that that was a, in in everybody's subconscious. We all knew it had to be there, but you saw it. Yeah, and that's. Uh, that's something that I don't know he does better than anybody else, I think
0: yeah it's the same um, thing with inventions, you know It's like people who talk about I don't know what's a simple invention like the um, I don't know like uh, let's just say sliced bread for an example like so, like everybody's like, of course you'd sliced bread and it's like, well fucking no one knew that till one dude thought of it right It's like exactly. never, never forget that ingenuity that people have that even though it seems obvious, it's still a masterful discovery. And, sure. and that's the way that some of these rappers, Eminem especially, are, are doing with linguistics. And I got nothing but respect for that.
1: Um, I there there are a few things I want to point out about this. Sure. So there's um, there's the the fact the, the that's the shortest thing for address 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 mm-hmm. since an addy addy being short for address. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so there's that. And addy is a type of dress that is also short.
0: Yep, yeah, and that goes with uh, what he says before. Is that a mini skirt? If it's a maxi, yep. It's a, yes,
1: yes. So uh, I just that's one of the the layers that Eminem just piles onto his stuff. It's every every single thing like this. Even though you know we said like breaking Cincinnati up into three words is already that's already innovative mm-hmm. for him to have broken it up into three words to then reference something else that he broke into two words. And then for that all to be a reference to something additional is uh, is just it's masterful. It's um, I
0: agree, I agree completely, like, and I think this is something I'm I am i have learned in the last few years, and I've really come to appreciate is that you know when you have good rappers, they're working on multiple levels. Yes. They are they are doing things that you know I've said a lot on this podcast before, and I think I know I've said to Ben a great comedy to me is when they give you jokes that you're laughing so much at, you miss the next jokes. Yep. And that's how I feel about good rap, that you hear a line and you think about the connotations that that line has and how good it is, but since you're focusing on that, you're missing the other layers that they're presenting to you. And and this, this song is a great example of that. That's, I,
1: I've never, uh, I don't know if I've heard that, that's, I like that. That is absolutely what's happening here, and there's there's another song, and this is kind of off off uh, the agenda. Sure. There's another song by Eminem where he says something along the along the lines of the average listener has to to rewind me twenty times, nice, Some, something like that. So yeah, and and so like you know, gloating. It's the kind of thing you expect from rap. But the thing that blew me away is the first time I heard this line was about the 35th time I'd heard that song. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and uh, so I was just like, oh, my God. Like I have – I've focused on everything else around it for so long and never heard that line uh, where, where he was telling me exactly what was happening to me. So that's uh, – I, I love that you brought that up. That is 100% what good rap is. Yep. You can um, listen
0: to it all, like ad nauseum and gain something new from it every single time.
1: Yes. Well, yes. And, um, so again, why, why I think this is going to be like the number one track of this song is because of how accessible or off this album is because of how accessible it is. Mm-hmm. This song has some good rap elements in it, which we've, we've just touched on one of them. And, yep. and uh, but it's also so goddamn catchy.
0: Yeah, it has that verse-chorus-verse-chorus verse, chorus structure, like a traditional song does. Right. And and you got Ed Sheeran, which, regardless of what we think about him, he's a popular artist. Like you said, singing a chorus that fits with this song—it's catchy. It's it's a it's a yeah. fun listen. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um. You know, we we could. I think we could probably just go through the entire lyrics and talk about every line <laughs> if we really wanted to, because they all have something in them. Uh, but w- well, one line that kind of sticks out to me is uh, – let's see. She-, she said she wants to go with me. I said go with you where? She said out, and I said I'm a candle. I'll go out if you blow on me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That, like I said, this is his sex song, but it's clever, yeah. you know? It's definitely his sex <laughs> song. That is
1: that is definitely the, the, the point where we're really getting into like this is about sex for sure. Um, yeah, so I don't know if I have – too much more I wanted to touch on this. It's a fun listen. If you haven't listened to it yet, you should. Um, and if you have a party mix or some, some shit, it should be on there. Like, it should be on your list oh, of songs. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, this is something for, I don't think this would bother anybody if it was on, like, in a, in a background setting, not at all. Um, no. the, the The line that really stood out to me, I, I know I mentioned one with the, you know, how you doing? You straight? No, I'm bi. You drunk? No, I'm high. Like, I love that. But at the start of that balls. verse... I really love where, you know, Ed Sheeran does his his chorus for the first time and the second verse starts and Eminem says, this beat keeps taking me back like my ex does only because how good the sex was. Hit up the next club, meet Alexa, but she was so extra, called her etc.
3: This beat keeps taking me back like my ex does only because how good the sex was. Hit up the next club, met
0: Alexa, but she was so extra, called her etc. And I'm like, I'm like, I, I'm like, I get you. I'm like, I totally like that hits me hard because I think, I think Ben and I have both been there. It's like, you have those X's that you can't get over for very visceral and superficial reasons. But when you look at it in this higher light, they're just extra. They're extra. You know, they are the et cetera. They're like what you got now. And the dot, dot, dot are those people. Like, like I dig, I dug, I dug that so hard. Like I love when songs can just hit me on that relatable level for sure.
1: Uh, yeah. So he he goes on to say after that th- that uh, this chick is just talking to him because she's like I know I know your songs. I mow my
0: lawn to him,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, oh my god, you know my songs? Whoa! Yeah, no, I, I yeah, that really kind of hammers that home. Like she's just a footnote. Yeah, if she's, anything, she's, she's uh,
0: so extra. She's et cetera, You know? Yeah. Because I mean, how many times? Imagine Eminem, anybody famous. They must hear this shit every day non-stop you know oh my god i love i love the real slim shady and he's like uh yeah i'm aware (laughs) that song still pays me royalty i know people love it
1: (laughs) it's a fucking platinum song like it's um yeah so i yeah i don't know i agree with you he hits he hits you right in the fields he has another song on this album that that is maybe too real about being in a relationship when you're in love with somebody else. Okay, that's okay. Some shit. Which that one is, song is.
0: Oh, what song is that? Is it "Never Love Again"? Is it that one? Maybe I don't know. Th- this um, is this. This album is like an hour and ten minutes. It's a long album. Yes, it is. <laughs> so um, I, it's I, worth, don't, I don't know it perfectly.
1: It's it's a great, uh, great album though. Great to listen to. I've listened to it all the way through with the exception of this song. I do skip it because it makes me uncomfortable. Sure. Um, and, well, it's not uncomfortable. It makes me sad, actually.
0: Yeah, um, it, it, it hits a little too close to home sometimes. Yeah, yeah you got to yeah. be in the right mood to accept it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think that's Never Love Again. I think that's right. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, man, I I wish we were just talking about this whole fucking album because it's all really good. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, we can. The next song on the docket is from the same album. <laughs>
1: Uh, I mean like their songs like stepdad is really good. Yep.
0: I do like that it's, one. It's just like, I hate my stepdad. I'm going to murder him. <laughs> and like, yeah, that, I think that, that was one of the songs that stood out to me in the first listen where it's classic. Like, you know, at least when I think of Eminem, when he was getting popular, you know, when we were younger, we had stuff like, you know, the Marshall Mathers LP and things like that. And it was just like, you go back and listen to it. and It's like, Oh my God, this dude is angry. Like yep. Eminem is angry and there yeah. was a few tracks on there. And I think stepdad is one of them where you're like, okay, Eminem is still angry. And I he think that's why I neat. loved kamikaze so much because he was angry, but about different things about the music sure. industry rather than his life. But this gets back at like stepdad, like you said, gets back at the, I'm just fucking pissed at everything. Like the stupid bullshit that doesn't matter, but still touches on me in life. I'm not for that. And I, I right. did that hard. I think everybody can relate to that.
1: Um, so then God, I, I have to talk about this because of how braggadocious it is, which is, I think one of my favorite parts about rap is that it is, it's one of the only genres where you can just brag about yourself and
0: that is good music. Um, and so I, 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 I think I said to you before, Ben, I love some, even when we got to know each other and I wasn't big into rap, I did love the rap where they sing about how much money they have. Because that is never something I will be able to sing about. And it always makes me think there's a Wiz Khalifa song where he goes, I got so much money, I could start a bank. That's it. That's the line. And I'm like, "I'm like, Wiz Khalifa, you're just talking, you're not rapping, but that's a fucking hilarious line because I would never be able to say that in real life. <laughs> right. Um.
3: I got so much money, I should start a bank. So much paper right in front of me, it's hard to think buy so many bottles it's gonna be hard to drink but i'm still blowing up in my family here and they rolling up so
1: okay so are you familiar with the stuff the beef between Eminem and and machine gun kelly yes did you okay yes one so, of my
0: favorite lines off a kamikaze where he says machine he's like machine gun i know who you are blah, blah blah and he raps and the end of the verse is you already you already know who you are kelly and he 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 like uses R. Kelly, one of the most hated public figures yep. of our time to make fun of machine gun Kelly. I love uh, that.
1: Okay. So he, uh, in this song, unaccommodating off of music to be murdered by, okay, they say, he says, but when they ask me, is the war finished with MGK machine gun Kelly? Mm-hmm. Of course it is. I cleansed him of his mortal sins. I'm God and the Lord forgives. <laughs> When they ask me, is the war finished
3: with MGK? Of course it is. I cleanse them of his mortal sins. I'm God and the Lord forgives. Beautiful.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's
0: just bragging. Yep. He um, says, of course it's over. I won. Yep. Like, why is yeah. there any question?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he he says, I think in, a, in another song, he says something like, one call to, to the record label that they're both a part of, and you're Swayze. And so, like, there's so many layers for this because Patrick Swayze is is in a movie called Ghost?
0: Yes. So he's yep. bam, with Demi you're, Moore. You're, yep. You're a ghost. We so talked you're, about you're... that on this podcast in some extent. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so
1: so like one call from me to the record label, and you're a ghost. You're gone. Mm-hmm. There's that level. Patrick Swayze is also dead. Yep. Yep.
0: And there is a one hit wonder called Swayze yes so i'm like oh i didn't even think about that you had me on the movie side of things and you're absolutely right yeah
1: yeah so so you are dead or a one-hit wonder if i make this phone call um and that's yeah so anyway that's just more of eminem's layers um so we, we can probably move on to the next song on the docket as much as I would love to just talk about this whole album.
0: Oh, he's uh, got it. The, the The other thing I did want to say about those kind okay, of nights, yeah. I think um, it probably would have fit better when we talk about Ed Sheeran, but something that really got me, and I think Eminem's been doing it for a while, but since we're on those kind of nights, he does it in here. I really love the fact that we get a verse from Eminem, we get our first chorus from Ed Sheeran, and it's complete. You know, it has its, it's just, there's, it doesn't like, completely connects like it's Eminem finishes. There's like maybe a beat or two of music. Ed Sheeran comes in. There's a mm-hmm. beat or two of music and Eminem continues. But All when right. Ed Sheeran does his second chorus right at the end, Sheeran goes, you know, you want to smoke, drink, dance till the sun rises. It's one of those kind of. And before he can finish the line, Eminem goes, oh, my God, like gas in the tank. She's getting low on me. She wants to go with me. Like Eminem cuts off his own chorus for his words. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck yeah, Eminem. Everybody <laughs> knows we're not here for the chorus. We're here for what you gotta say, you know?
1: Sure, yeah. That's and, I, I don't even know if I noticed that. I,
0: you wanna smoke, drink, until the sun one of those kinda... Like the gas in the tank, she's getting low on me. I dig that because Eminem knows it's like, you know, you don't need that rigid structure. Even though this song takes that structure of verse, chorus, verse, chorus. He's he knows when to say okay the timing's not right don't let you finish that line let me come in to give me that extra syllable or two to really spit what I'm trying to spit and that's 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 one of the reasons I respect Eminem so much that's one of the reasons I think I respect Watsky so much he's done that on a few songs where right. it's like if he if he needs a few extra seconds he's gonna take it and, and it's just absolutely and I I think while we're on this topic this is gonna lead into Godzilla as well. I have to say something that uh, one of my friends out here in Colorado said to me, who, uh, Justin, who's a huge rap fan. We listen to rap all the time. He said to me recently, he he's I pretty much uh, quote, I love the fact that rap today is just people spitting bars. It's how many words can you get into four minutes? Yeah. And that's something I've started to respect a lot more about rap because – my issue when I was younger was they're talking so fast I can't hear them. I can't understand them. But that's, right. that's not an issue anymore. You have to do the work. You have to look at their lyrics. You have to see what they're saying and understand why the speed at which they're saying it makes it hit even harder. And yeah. I respect that infinitely these days where you have people who are just like, how many syllables can I fit into a second? You know, that that's a that's a benchmark for rappers these days. And, well, I, and I without respect losing
1: it. pronunciation. Um exactly. that's something like yeah, you may not understand it the first time, but once you know what what they're saying, you can hear it. Like they say those yes. words.
0: Oh um, it's, it's beautiful. It's it's artistry. Absolutely. Yes.
1: Yeah. It is taking the fact that your voice is a component of your song a step further and yeah. saying like the yep. way I say words is a component of this song.
0: I know I said it in our Watsky discussion. I Watsky and Eminem, too. They are people who understand that their voice is an instrument.
2: Yep.
0: And they know how to use it. And mad respect. Mad respect for that. Uh,
1: just so, so something that takes that to a whole new level. This is not on the docket today. Uh, what's that song? Work That Pussy, I think? WTP? Is that? From Teana
0: Taylor. Yes. Yeah, work that pussy, work that pussy. She's a motherfucking diva, honey. (laughs) I love that that song.
3: (laughs) She's a motherfucking international sensation. She's not your
2: average showgirl.
3: Allow
1: Miss Taylor to sing the blues. I think that song is the epitome of her, her voice is an instrument in that song. Yes. Like her saying that over and over again is just part of the music.
0: Yeah. And that's uh, yes. because because it's cut up with the. Yeah, we get her doing that repeated. You no, know, work that pussy, work that pussy, work that pussy. We get the RuPaul cuts where she's a motherfucking diva. But then yeah. when she actually there's not a lot of lyrics in that song. But when she does sing, it's like operatic it's like she's channeling old italian opera singers to be like boys feel how i feel and it's oh it's beautiful i, I love that song i absolutely a great song. love that song yeah it's a great song people that's one of the songs i put on for people and they're like is this a joke is this like is this some of that crud bump shit you show me <laughs> and i'm like no I'm like, how dare you compare this to Crud Bump? How dare you think this is a joke? Like, this is artistry. (laughs) And then, you know, I show people the same people um, fucked up crews by Crud Bump, and they're like, I can't listen to this. And I'm like, I hate you with every fiber of my being. (laughs) You you are awful. (laughs) It's not an explanation of liquid. It's It's an explanation explanation of of different kinds of fluid. fluid. (laughs) Dude, that's going to be... I hope one day I have I have no reason to believe this will ever happen, but I hope one day there's gonna be me, Ben, and Drew Fairweather, aka Crudbump, on a podcast together <laughs> where it's just you and you and me, Ben, screaming at him how good Crudbump is. Cause from my experience Nobody's ever told him how good he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I,
1: I will say that that pretty much everybody I've ever shown crud bump, crud bump, like they they think of it as a joke. Maybe they like it a little bit, but crud bump is
0: fantastic. Yep, I've said I've said to many people, including Ben, I've shown crud bump to many people in my life, and only one person has appreciated him, and it's <laughs> Ben, the person I'm talking to right now. <laughs> Right dude, on. I remember That's... we could yeah we could do a whole nother episode just on Crud Bump. I remember when I, I that song King Me and it's time for you to King Me, hot back like a hot flash action, and it's just all that shit. And it's like, and I'm like, dude, like he is parodying modern rap. Like he is he is doing rap well, but also making it a parody, and it's amazing. And then we got into songs like I Eat Your Dreams, where it's just someone cursing for like three minutes straight, and it's like. <laughs> I, and it's like, we, we get it. No one else seems to get it. We get it. <laughs> my dick's it's on the phone.
2: <laughs> rang, ring, rang. Ring.
0: <laughs> you better talk to the bone. <laughs> I want to put my dick on it. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I see a cop car. Going to put my dick on it. <laughs> Bite that butt. <laughs> Dude, do, yes. you remember, do you remember how much we listened to Expert Chef while we were cooking back in the day? <laughs> like, we would be cooking food. Like, we would be watching Pasta Boil, and we'd be like, I'm the expert chef. Tell the sommelier <laughs> to speak Francais. I'm the expert chef. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually
1: showed some uh, showed Bite That Butt to some people recently. Okay. Uh, some people I played D&D with, and they loved it.
0: Good. Bite By-
1: bite that butt is uh it's getting
0: around now this so might be good. too real this might be too real too i don't real know if i can put album. this on the album it's <laughs> <is> too real <laughs> yeah bite that butt that's me i want to bite that butt i don't think this can go on the album i think this is a little too honest bite that butt <laughs> i want to bite that Dude, Crud Bump, yeah, Crud Bump deserves its own episode. Like, there's one 100%. there's one recording that Ben and I have done on SongScreed where we discuss all of Billy talent. I think it's 90 minutes long, that has not yet been released, but we could do even more on Crudbump. Like, oh my Oh my god! Fucked Up Cruise <laughs> is one of the greatest songs of all time. I quote this to people. I say I say to people like almost once a week. Life is a game, a game that you're bound, that you're to, bound lose. to lose, like using, like a, using hammer a hammer to so pound, pound in screws. screws. You fuck up once, you, fuck up once, you break, you your, break thumb. your thumb, if you're happy, if you're at, happy all, at all, then you're, you're goddamn, goddamn dumb! dumb. <laughs> yes. that's, the, that's one of the greatest lines in musical history. It's and, really fucking And I, I, you know, as depressing as it sounds, I believe in that hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> you're happy but at all, then you're fucking, goddamn fucking dumb. Fucking crud bump. Fucking crud bump. One day... I got to reach out to him. I got to be like, listen, I just love your music. Will you talk to us on a podcast? <laughs> There's nothing else that needs to be said. <laughs> um, this is not a joke. I
1: eat people. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, he has multiple songs about cannibalism. That's right. <laughs> our Our hardcore favorite... Chickens can't fly, so they fit in my mouth. <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> I eat chicken nuggets and I'm not gonna apologize. Better than pulled pork, French fries or five guys. <laughs> yes. I, I do have now. to say, I do have to say that uh I I don't think he loves it as much as we do, but Zach does enjoy crud bump.
1: Oh good. good. So he I'm get like... give
0: him give him that checkbox, you know. Okay. <laughs> That's one of the requirements.
1: Of course, of course. being
0: a person. Oh, God. Fuck Crud Bump. Yeah, like we said, we could talk for years about Crud Bump. Yes, um, that's another episode for sure. But I think the the cutoff of Ed Sheeran in this song was the last bit I had for Those Kind of Nights. Was there anything else for Those Kind of Nights? Are you ready to talk about... I'm a, ready to talk about... Ugh!
1: Oh, you're a monster!
0: Yes. A, uh, a... a supposedly, for my research... A world record holder. Have you have you heard about this? No. What okay, so so in this song, in the very final 30 seconds of the third verse, he he does ten point nine three syllables per second. Oh. Per my second. God. And this That's beats a- his previous record of rap god at nine point six syllables wow. per second. So Eminem holds the record for most syllables per second from what I've read. And fucking great. Like, like I, Ben knows we, Ben and I could be having this discussion and I could be sitting here going, I don't like rap. I can't understand it. Blah, blah, blah. But Ben knows that I'm always going to appreciate someone getting better at their craft. And that's exactly what Eminem is doing with all of these things. And that's why I don't care. I know Kamikaze got some hate. I know that Eminem has gone through ebbs and flows in his career, from being the like the greatest rapper to the not greatest rapper. To you know, people being angry because they don't understand what he's rapping about. You know, public events where people die and things like that. But right. all that aside, he has a talent that he is actively working on honing, even though he's already the best at it. And I cannot give him anything but respect for that. And that's why I'm so glad you want to talk about Godzilla because this is this is him doing that. Those last 30 seconds, I'm not even going to try. I was even thinking before we recorded, we could do a joke where we're going to talk about this song speaking as fast as we fucking possibly could just <laughs> to get it Godzilla. But we're never going no, so to do it justice. Never, ever, ever. We're going to have to put the clip in to do it justice.
1: Is It's amazing. Um, I, so yeah, God, Godzilla. So I mentioned that you know my, my coworker thought this is gonna be the number one track, and I thought those kind of nights would be the number one track. Yes. Um, the reason I think that this won't be the number one track is because during that rap session, the music kind of drops and it is just him rapping over like a very minimal beat. Just vocals. Yep. And uh, I think that is inaccessible to a large part of, you know, the world. I think that's like most of the audience of music that are going to make the decisions about what becomes number 1 top hits. Uh, I think that's inaccessible to them. That's a and that, f- really good point. That is the reason I think this is not top track quality. But that is the only reason because this song is phenomenal.
0: Oh, it is. And no, I think you bring up a really great point and I think that actually, you know, kind of harkens back to uh even though I don't think we got into a lot of detail, but cinema like, um, you know, uh, Ben and I, you know, we sat in that theater like we said earlier and we saw Racerhead and it made Ben uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. But there are people like the the people who think they can say what's the best cinema of all time. A Racerhead usually gets put up there. They think that's a great movie. And while, you know, anybody on any level might disagree, I think that, you know, there are things in that film that are inaccessible to people. If Ben remembers the first 10 minutes is basically our main character walking around a wasteland in black and white with no dialogue. And it's just him walking. And I love that. I dig that shit so hard. But you know, Ben might be like, Okay, what's gonna happen? Can, yeah. we, can we see something happen? And I think that's a the perf- the movie star. That- <laughs> that's good nice callback. That's a great analogue to people listening to this going, There's no music. It's just vocals. There's no music. Where's the music? Where's the beat? And, yeah, we need everybody. I'm not saying those people are stupid, even though, you know, you might be stupid. Ben, you might be stupid. You don't like a racer.
1: <laughs>
0: but, but I think that's a great analog from music to film in that, you know, when it drops out, when we just have something keeping time, that's all we get for Eminem to keep his vocals on point point. People are going to go like, "Oh, yeah, I don't like it because it lost that great beat from earlier, you know?" And and it, and it, it goes, does have
2: a great. Beat.
0: Yeah, and, and it goes and along the, the line with them saying, "You know, oh, I like the beat, I can hear what he's saying, and then it loses me. It goes off the rails." type of thing. Yeah. And and they can't appreciate it for the artistry. And I think that's where we agree that even if and hell, it's it's been a big hallmark of Cinemoties, you might not like something, but that doesn't mean it's not great. We can disagree. Something can be absolutely great, and you might not like it. But they they have that separation. And I think you brought up a great point with the last thirty seconds of the song. People might not like it, but this should win awards. Clearly, has broken records, as from what I've read. And it's a true testament to what music can be in 2020. And and that's what I live for. I love. I live for the extension of music. Ben knows. I love the Beatles. I can go back and listen to Beatles music from the '60s forever, but you can never compare the Beatles to Eminem. They are different eras, they are different genres, they are different levels of talent in different categories, and they're both equally doing fantastic things for music. And I respect right, well, that hardcore.
1: And and it's um, I I like that you brought that up because because uh, every once in a while, I, and this is this is off the topic of music a little bit, but every once in a while, I'll hear somebody talk about uh, How I Met Your Mother. And they will compare it to friends. And and like somebody <laughs> somebody somebody who's there will have the audacity to say that How I Met Your Mother is better than Friends. And I have to and I and I just think to myself, like, why are you trying to compare these two shows? Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. I Met Your Mother clearly copied things from Friends and updated them. Like yes. why why do you think that you can say it's better? Friends set the foundation for a lot of how I met your mother. Like, is it a better viewing experience? Absolutely, and it should be because it had a decade of friends to learn from. Yes, and and that's uh, that's something that that I feel like with with things like the Beatles in modern music. It's like yeah, the Beatles are way simpler than a lot of what what you hear now. But without the Beatles, what you hear now wouldn't have
0: happened. Exactly, and and, and that I, I has think, to be appreciated. Uh, oh yeah, I think on an abstract level, it's something that Zach and I have talked about a lot on Cinematities that inspiration is a great thing because inspiration does not mean copying. It means being inspired by something and putting your own twist on it, that you create something different that exceeds and excels that field. That's I know Ben and I know that's what mathematics is. You know, there would be no fucking hedgehog space in topology if the goddamn Pythagorean theorem was never proved, you know, you right. need that foundation before you can get to bigger and better things. And uh, music, movies, math, art, all of that, I, I think, falls into that category to some extent.
1: Well, it's, it's funny that you bring that up. Towards the end of my, of my PhD, I began to describe abstract mathematics as mental masturbation for the yep. sake of creating lube for more mental <laughs> masturbation. Yes, uh,
0: yeah, we we've talked about that for sure.
1: And that's one hundred I mean it's that's absolutely you're right. It's the inspiration like you do math so other people can do math based off of it. Uh, and that's how everything is. That's how I mean that's how programming is. It's we we use frameworks that other people created based mm-hmm. on shit that was harder to do in the past and it's easier to do now. Like it's just yep. you just you know, you build forward and you always should be building forward. And to look back in the past and say this is this is bad because it's simple is just stupid. Like it's yes,
0: yeah. Just you and and that's another thing that I know Zach is a huge proponent of. You, it's always a it's always a flaw to judge things of previous years by today's standards. Of course. And I think that goes with exactly what we're saying. You know, you can't say that the Beatles are is bad music because it's not as fast or as upbeat. As, you know, the rap that we have today. And and sure, I'm not saying you can like whatever you like. I think Ben and I are the best example. I love the Beatles. I listen to them all the time. I don't think Ben listens to any of the Beatles. I No, I don't, I don't like the Beatles at all. <laughs> I, I will never forget the time that Nick, Ben, and I were in a car together. And Nick and I were belting our hearts out to Let It Be. And Ben is like, I've never heard this song before. <laughs> and, and Nick and I were losing our minds because Let It yeah. Be is one of, like, the quintessential songs of all music history. But... Th- that's nothing to, to hold against you. That's not the hold to hold against anybody. Once you realize that there, I think the best way to put this is that nobody makes leaps and bounds. Every progression is through stepping stones. And progress. we are only where we are today because of the stepping stones that have taken the last 30, 40, 50, hundred years for sure.
1: Yeah, 100%. So, um,
0: we talked about the Beatles because of how fast Godzilla is so
1: that's
0: (laughs) (laughs) welcome ben welcome to cinemodities this this is perfect sense of what we do on here
1: (laughs) and so i I don't know if there's any lines that particularly stick out to me like there there are there are good lines in this song um but i don't know that any of even stick out to me the same way they do in those kind of nights and and maybe because they're not any individual line isn't really the focus in this song
0: Yes, it really is the atmosphere that he's creating with all of this, especially, and I think it's good to point out that if you do listen to Godzilla, that we have been talking about Eminem breaking this record of syllables per second really only happens in the last 30 to 40 seconds.
3: Filling with the venom and eliminate him. Other words, I'm intimate him I don't wanna hurt him, but I did him in a fit of rage, I'm murdering again nobody will evade vim and I kill him. dump with the fucking bodies in a lake obliterating. Everything is generated. Renegade 'M' Him' Make anybody who want it with the pen and frame. Don't nobody want it, but they're gonna get it anyway. Cause I'm beginning to feel like I'm mentally ill. I'm a killer, be a killer, be the vanilla gorilla. You're bringing a killer within me out of me. You don't wanna be the enemy of the demon who win me I'll be a never enemy. What stupidity it'd be every bit of me is the epitome. Of a spit when I'm in the vicinity, motherfucker, you better duck or you finna be dead. You're hundred percent you was a fifth of a percent of me. I'm finish, you bitch, I'm invadable. You wanna battle, I'm available, I'm, I got a of money and I'm, I'm not to man stop but
0: a very important portion of this song is that he builds his speed in it the earlier verses are very slow where he starts to ramp up he starts to get there and that's something that i think is evident of a true musician because let's say if this was someone who was just doing this for a paycheck or doing this to break the record You know, It would be, okay, I got two minutes, I'm going to rap as fast as possible for two minutes, I'm going to get it done. But Eminem is actually using this artistry of saying things slowly and, and, and drawing out his words and slightly getting faster and faster to illustrate that that last 30 seconds means something. It's not just what he can do, it's what he's worked himself up to be able to do.
1: That's that's an interesting take on it. I, I really like that. And uh, I definitely like now that you've said it, I agree with it. But I, I don't know if I caught that my first listen through um, or, you know, some sub- subsequential listen throughs. But it totally does. Like the from the beginning, it starts off slow to like a heavy beat, just like, burr, burr, burr. you know, it's, it's like it's real slow. And then it builds up the whole time. The whole song is a progression to this point where the music finally just stops and he's just spitting. It's just
0: going hard and it's beautiful. Yeah. And I I think that uh, I r- really made me reach that is of course, you know, when I listen to this song for like for this recording and really getting to know it, I had the lyrics up so I could follow what he was saying. And in that last bit where he's going fast, he's he's really mm-hmm. talking about his ability to rap. You know, he says uh, and you know, this is just me there's so many lyrics in this song, of course. So it's <laughs> like Ben said it's hard to pick out the stuff but he says, because I'm – and I'm slowing it down hardcore, everybody. Just be known. You know, I'm not rapping as fast as Eminem. I could probably do two syllables a second where Eminem <laughs> can do 9 point – or 10.9 or whatever the record is now. But he says, because I'm beginning to feel like I'm mentally ill. I'm Attila, kill or be killed. I'm a killer bee, the vanilla gorilla. You're bringing the killer within me out of me. You don't want to be the enemy of the demon who went in me and be on the receiving end of me. What stupidity it be. Every bit of me's the epitome of a spitter. And he's really talking about his ability to like everything that has come at him. And I think 8 Mile is a great example. It's like 8 Mile was his movie to say like the world was bearing down on him and he needed to excel at his art to make and find his way. He's getting at that same idea where he's like, all of you other people, you're doing great things. I got to be great because of that as well. I'm a killer bee. You're bringing it out of me. And I love that. That's what art artistry is. You see people who do great shit and you want to be better because of it.
1: Well, so I I appreciate that aspect of like being inspired by other people. Uh, But following that pretty shortly, he says, um, let's see. When I'm in the vicinity, motherfucker, you better duck, or you finna be dead the minute you run into me. 100% of you is a fifth of a percent of me.
0: Great line. Great line. Uh, I mean, the
1: mathematician in me, I gotta love that. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to finish. I'm about to fucking finish, you bitch. I'm unfatable. You want to battle? I'm available. I'm blowing up like an inflatable. I'm un- undebatable. I'm unavoidable. I'm unavoidable.
0: Um that... Oh, that the, the- that stood out to me. The first time I heard this without the lyrics and I was just listening to the album, he goes, I'm undebatable, I'm unavoidable, I'm unavoidable. Like he's saying fucking three and four syllable words like faster than I can think. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. And and the way that it flows, it just, it feels so good. Like you're just being hit, just like bam, bam, bam. Yep. And it's like, uh, oh, I really loved that. And it's, uh, and it, it reminds me of, it's not, it's obviously, it's not the same cadence, not the same pace, it's not any of that. But it reminds me of that line that you brought up about about the bi chick in that song
2: mm-hmm.
1: where it's just like it, – uh, let me see if, if I can pull that back up. You
0: straight, I'm bi. I'm, you drunk, I'm high.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like – it's just like back to back to back hitting you with that, that yep. same – so it, it's, it's a, a different instance of that same kind of abstract idea of hitting you in the face repeatedly with the same type of thing. Yeah. And here we have these words that they all have – uh, roughly the same amount of syllables, if not exactly the same amount of syllables, and they all have a bull at the end of them, and you're just being hit over and over and over again with it. Yeah,
0: it's, it but stands out. You get that. You get that kind of hardcore hitting. You know, it's like it's like when a um, when uh, like a, a classical opera singer will do the big note, the high note, or something. It hits you. But he's yes. he's been able to find, and rappers have been able to find this way to do the same thing, but in like three seconds. You know, it doesn't take five <laughs> minutes to get to the 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 high point of Ave Maria. It takes just the end of this four minute song for them to be like, you know, bam, bam, bam. This is this isn't even like undebatable, unavoidable, unavailable. It's not even a rhyme. It's the same sound, but it's hitting you. It's punching you. You're feeling that in your in your yes. brain, in your gut, everywhere.
1: Yes, and it's uh, like well, he says he's he's the epitome of a spitter. It's um,
0: oh, I. I I didn't. I couldn't hear that line when I listened to it, but when I looked at it everybody means to be the epitome of a spitter. And I'm like, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's
1: very good, very braggadocious, which I mentioned one of my favorite things in rap yep. uh, is that braggadociousness. But yeah, so I like, oh man, it's just in that, I think I think it's a motif that Eminem has, has hit before where he just like kind of hits you repeatedly with that same kind of sound. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that he does pretty well. But I like you know in, in these two songs, which I think are both contenders for top track in this album, uh, he both of these songs have an have an instance of that that are very different from each other.
0: Yeah, it's I, in I the agree. opposite
1: ends of the spectrum with the cool. same abstract idea, and I and I really I really appreciate that about Eminem.
0: Yeah, he's got uh, like like I said, you know, I I don't listen to a lot of Eminem. There's so he has so much stuff that I, I've listened to only one or two times. But he's someone I respect forever for that artistry. That exact reason. Cause I'm a
1: monster.
0: You a monster. I'm a monster. <laughs> I'm a monster. Alright. Uh
1: do you have any final thoughts on Godzilla?
0: No, I think like I pointed out a few lines I wanted to. I think that it, it I think you put it best where it's more of a uh an overall feeling than the individual lines for sure. Yes. Yes. Uh, but it is a great song. I'm glad Eminem is getting better and better every single time with what he does. Um, no, it's yeah, Eminem. Check him out if you never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I actually I've actually heard
1: some criticism. Uh, I think by people that don't have a life. Uh, that nice. that like they're basically just like just because it's faster doesn't mean it's better. It's like you. Don't understand something fundamental about about this, what this is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I, I will say that I agree. Just because it's faster doesn't mean it's better. But this is faster and better. Exactly. It's firing I,
0: all cylinders.
1: And I think that is a good a good place to leave Godzilla and the world of Eminem behind. Not that you could ever escape the world of Eminem, because the whole fucking world is the world of Eminem. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, I think we are ready to move on to Peter Sparker from Maine.
0: Yes, good old Spose. Would you like to introduce the song we're discussing? I would like to – have we talked about Spose before? Because uh, I, I would like – Yeah, I you and I, Spose we've listened about- to some of it, uh, not a lot. Spose is someone i never really gotten into, um, but it, well, I, I believe it was Spose. Uh, yeah, I wish you well. But I wish me but better. Wish me better. <laughs> I'm never gonna forget that.
1: <laughs> I wish you the best. But I wish me better. Let's go. Uh, yeah. So Spose Spose is a uh, a more mild mannered rapper than Eminem by a lot. He is. He does not spit nearly as fast. That's not his thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, his thing is talking about how he is an unexpected source of talent in the rap industry. Okay. And that he. He shows up kind of out of nowhere and he's pretty good and he like put his whole life on the line and like signed up with a record only to get cut off later and then like came back and is still doing it. So his whole thing is that he's persistent. He's like a normal guy with family and kids, but he also likes to rap and like that's his shtick.
0: Huh.
1: And so uh, one of like a, a repeating kind of thing in Spose's music is that his sister writes some of his verses like his little sister uh, like in one of in one of his songs, he, he says, "If you like this verse, it's because my sister wrote it."
0: <laughs> nice.
1: In, in another song, he actually says, "My sister never wrote my rhymes, but she should probably write yours." Uh, so he so he does talk some trash at other people uh, in like a slightly contradictory way. Um, so that's that's kind of supposed in a nutshell. He uh, he's got a few songs like the bugs are really bad out here, talking about camping up in Maine. And how if you're how if you're going out there, you've accepted the risk that you're going to be interacting with bugs like okay. that. like a. Uh, but but he might be better known for a song that he has called "I'm Awesome," uh, which is you know I've mentioned I like the braggadocious nature of rap, uh, and that song is is in the title "I'm Awesome." It's braggadocious, but in the song, he says "I'm awesome," and then there's a voice in the background that says, "No, you're not, bitch. Don't lie."
0: <laughs> okay okay
1: so, so it's like it's a it's a mix up on the thing that i really like and and you know we talked about inspiration and how i feel about mixing things up that are already good yeah to make something different and better maybe not better but different uh and different is always accepted or, or acceptable or maybe even encouraged by yeah. so that's, i like suppose because he is different and as you said uh, I don't know if that was before recording. You, you said you were listening to these songs, and you were like, this is very different than what I what I just listened to.
0: Yes, after uh, listening to two Eminem songs that I was somewhat familiar with, and I was like, okay, I know Eminem, I know what he's going for. I go to Spoh's Mr. Mailman, and I'm like, hmm, I have to change my mindset to get <laughs> into this one, you know?
1: <laughs> Mr. Mailman is... And right now, probably one of my favorite songs, I suppose. Okay. Uh, occasionally, when I'm given control of of music at some place where there are other people, I will play this song. Right on. Um, normally, to a very flat response. Pe- people don't like this or don't understand it. I don't know what it is, uh, but it is a fantastic song.
0: Uh, I, I yeah. definitely, I definitely didn't dislike it, but I do have to say that when I was listening to it for the first time, and you know, this is different from Eminem in the sense that you can understand all of the lyrics. I feel, I, I was listening to it, and you know, verse one happens, a chorus goes by, verse two starts, and I'm like, uh, my, my, my honest to god response was, did this dude hear the phrase, "Don't shoot the messenger"? and completely disagree with it because that's what this song is about it's about shooting the messenger he's like fuck you mailman you bring me bills and i'm like it's not the mailman's (laughs) fault and so so i have to bring this up now because i i I dug into this because i was so interested by how not only how obvious it was to me but i think it's it's objectively blatant that he's saying that he's like i'm angry at the mailman for bringing me bad news and bad things i have to deal with and i was like this is not subtle in the slightest this is very weird you know (laughs) and i actually found a tweet from spose where he says i quote mr mailman is not about killing a mailman it's about being in denial that you're the cause of all your problems and blaming it on the mailman. It's like the don't kill the messenger concept flipped. And I was like, okay, he he acknowledges this. I have more respects for it because he knows what he's doing. Because when I first heard the song, I was like, god damn, this dude hates the mailman. <laughs> and he, he, he actually realizes that it's like a satire Of hating the mailman, and I have more respect for it now that I read that interpretation of it from him.
1: I I like that interpretation. I actually took this song at face value, and I and I love it for what it is lyrically. Sure. And and (laughs) so what I'm getting at is like there are particular lines. uh, Let's see. It's that piece of shit up in the eagle whip. Yes. So (laughs) (laughs) he's. everything is
3: pleasant i'm living a bit of heaven it inevitably ends abruptly at 11 that's when i hear his evilness it's that piece of shit up in the eagle whip
0: (laughs) that's so funny the eagle whip that's hilarious
1: uh he's got his steered wheel on the british side yeah yeah uh and and every time i see him i'm sad he didn't die Oh my god. Um,
0: yeah, it's it is like I said it's not subtle in the slightest. It is service level like fuck the mailman. <laughs> As the chorus says, fuck you Mr. Mailman. <laughs>
1: um
0: yeah, so I I like this
1: song be- because of how not subtle it is. Unlike unlike Eminem where where every line might have three meanings, this song every line means what it says. Yes.
2: Fuck you, Mr. Mailman. Hey! I don't want to see you no
0: more, no more. Fuck you, Mr. Mailman. And don't go knocking at my door. Boom! Right there, in your face.
1: <laughs> but as you've mentioned, the overall song has a, a second meaning. Yes. Yeah.
0: It's, it's kind of a different layering than Eminem does rather than line by line. It's kind of whole motif, which, which yes. is just as respectable. I got nothing against either of them. And, you know, it's it's just different. I think that's what I was trying to make the point of earlier, that this is just different from Eminem.
1: Very different. Uh, it's, I mean, different in maybe every way you can be different. It's different in content, different style, different in sound. Yes. Yeah. Um, they're the fact that they're both in the same genre genre is maybe a, mis- a mystery that that, you know, time will eventually solve.
0: I love uh, I love when Spose in this song or I might not be Spose. It might be the guest feature whose name I don't remember. But he says, I'm friends with the UPS man because everything he gives me is something I want. <laughs> and yeah. and that none of that like rhymes with anything around it. It's just it's just like, this is it. It's like, fuck it. This is what I'm saying. Deal with it. <laughs> so. So that line,
1: every time I hear it, reminds me of, uh, I think it's Mitch Hedberg has a joke. Like, I, I love the FedEx man because he's a drug dealer and he doesn't even know it.
2: <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure.
1: Um, so, so here's another line. Uh I can't wait. He's the nicest of folk, but I want to put a knife in his throat. Yes. Yeah. yeah it gets violent, for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so, like, that's one of the things I love about it is how violent and how over the top and, like you said, not subtle yep. it is. Um, but, but this line, like, you know, going with, with what you're saying about just being blatantly, like, he's even saying, like, the mailman is not the problem, but I'm going to kill the mailman. <laughs> He, doesn't, like that's...
0: He, doesn't he say something he's like he's like you make me want to kill you but and i don't feel bad because i know you got benefits from the government and it's just yes. like oh my it's like holy shit like you you're angry at this dude and you thought it through how angry you are at this dude <laughs> uh yeah yeah he says um you make me want to go psycho
1: postal on you you're my arch nemesis and i don't feel bad because i know you got benefits
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh god fantastic yeah, I love uh, it. I love it.
1: Yeah, so that's just you know the epitome of good lyricism there. Um, in the chorus, I don't want to see you no more. Fuck you, Mister Mailman, <laughs> and and don't go knocking on my door. Um, <laughs> right on. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, so the beginning of verse two, Cam Groves, I guess is. is oh, okay, this, that's the,
0: the feature. Okay.
1: Uh, sorry, dude, I don't know what to say. Every envelope you give me, I just throw them away. <laughs> oh!
0: I I laughed, like, I out loud laughed when I heard this the first time. Because when he says that, like we said, you can hear all the lyrics. Every envelope you give me, I just throw them away. And I'm like, that that hits on so many levels. Like, you have to really hate the mailman to do that. Because otherwise, you are consciously throwing away things that you know... You probably need <laughs> <laughs> like that is that is the weirdest level of loathing oh well it's, so it's so crazy so the the next line
1: like so you're mentioning like like hating the mailman because because you set yourself up for these problems you're getting all these bills in the mail mm-hmm. uh he says i don't know why i take this shit Knew I should have signed up for paperless. Yes. <laughs> uh, like, he's, he's not even, so like, that's that's a, a bit, that's like, a, maybe a little off from the, the standard message. He's like, he's not trying to av- avoid the problems. He just doesn't want to be told about them.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like ignorance is bliss is what he's getting at with the mailman.
1: Right. So, anyway. <laughs> and I know that my bills be three weeks late
0: because
1: of what you <laughs> give me. I'm not sleeping great. And you could probably find a job at equal pay, but I know you like ruining other people's days.
0: (laughs) (laughs) God, it's so. This is, you know, honestly, when I when I I, because we mentioned it earlier, you know, when I listened to this, when I started to look at the lyrics, when I got to know this song better, um, I was kind of like, man, in a different life, if 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 the the cosmic dice had been rolled and landed a slightly different way this would be a crud bump song. (laughs) It would be more violent. I think crud bump would have been like, you know, talking about putting the mailman in a meat grinder and shit like that. Yes. But, but like, especially with you, with us talking about these lines, it's like, this is so surface level angriness that it's, it it fits that bill of crud bump. Just getting it all out there. Definitely. I,
1: I really, I enjoy this song. I think it's a fun listen, uh, kind of. It's not, it's a different kind of fun listen than those kind of nights. It's it's uh, not club music.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's, it's as I've said, it, it, it will kill a room if you play it around other people who are not familiar with Spose. It, it does not have uh, that kind of accessibility mm-hmm. about it.
0: Definitely. Um,
1: but... But overall, it's it's a great song. It's a f- ridiculous idea. Yes. Um, and so, w- one aspect that we haven't touched on, he you know, he talks about bills and stuff. I get so much fucking junk mail. Yep. That when I get it, like I don't blame the mailman obviously because I'm not a moron. I blame <laughs> the people that. <laughs> I blame the people that send it to me. But like that is something I feel. Internally, when he's saying like "fuck you, Mr. Mailman," like part of me is like, "stop bringing me this goddamn junk."
0: Yeah, like just
1: just know that this is, should be thrown away. and Throw it away yep. for me.
0: I was about to say, shouldn't there be a filter? Absolutely. Yes, and yeah.
1: So that's maybe a level that that Spose was not shooting for, mm-hmm. but that touched that touched my life personally
2: because Definitely. I
1: get so much bullshit. It's like you know the fucking State Farm insurance agent in your neck of the woods wants to tell you that you need insurance from it's like i fucking i have insurance yep
0: yep. yeah it's like i know it's like i know they want to make me a customer i know they these people want me to spend money on their credit cards i get it that's not going to change the fact that i'm not going to (laughs) (laughs)
1: 100 percent. and you know that shit has to work otherwise they would stop doing it Mm -hmm. but Fuck! It's so annoying. Yeah, I feel you.
0: Yes. So Capital One
1: wants you to sign up for a credit oh card. God,
0: yeah, Capital You too, out in Ohio. Capital One is like the biggest perpetrator for me in Colorado. They hit me up hard. It's they fast. send me the, even like the fake little plastic cards. And be like, this could be your card, and I'm like, this ain't helping me at all. Like, this doesn't make me want a credit card more.
1: And I think I think there's something that bothers me about their about Capital One junk mail. Their envelopes are not even close to paper. Their envelopes are like wax.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this like treated paper. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. It's like if you if you burned fireproof. it, if you burned it, it would get you high from the blue <laughs> yes. fumes that are coming off of it. Yes, yes. Anyway, all right. Yeah, I think I interrupted you. You were gonna say something. Oh yeah. So so one of the other things about this song that I I, I wanted to know if you picked up on because I had to look it up. But in that second verse with Cam Groves, he says, "You're the reason why I never ever borrow or loan." Stay away from my home unless you're Carl Malone.
1: I So I don't know who Carl Malone is, I don't
0: think. Neither did I. I had to look it up, and I was like, who the fuck is Carl Malone? And I quick Google, it reveals that Carl Malone was a professional basketball player. His <laughs> okay. nickname was The Mailman. <laughs> <laughs> so this dude is saying, stay away from me. Mr. Mailman, unless you're the basketball player, because you're not bringing me bills. You're bringing me, like, I don't know, points to the hoop or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I thought that was hilarious. That is really funny. Uh, I actually, I kind of just assumed it was one of those guys from the, the like, I, I don't know if you're, like, the, oh, fuck, what are they called? they like, sweepstakes where they, would like, deliver a giant-ass check to your house. Oh, yeah, they're... like
0: the uh, the publisher's clearinghouse yes, stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I
1: just I kind of assumed like that's what it was and they were just like, Don't <laughs> knock on my door unless you're gonna give me money. But I I like this better. I
0: like Yep.
1: Unless a you're uh, basketball, basketball player
0: nicknamed like you you go to Wikipedia and it says Carl and then in quotations, the mailman malone <laughs> and, um, that's awesome. and it's literally like i'm living that meme from arrested development where uh jason oh. bateman michael opens up the he opens his fridge and it says dead dove inside he opens it up and goes i don't know what i expected like i lived that today when i googled carl malone i was like i don't know what i expected
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's excellent
0: Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Great. Great. I'm glad we got this one in here. I'm glad you recommended it of the rap songs that I think we have because this just it's so different from Eminem, but it works almost just as well in a different way.
1: Yes. Yeah. And that's rap is a very versatile genre. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe more so than other genres. So, I mean, I'm, I'm hesitant to say that any genre is better than any others. But rap Four. is rap is in my in my experience way more versatile.
0: Yeah, there's so much in here and it's 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 amazing. It's a treasure trove. You can just keep on finding stuff in, you know?
1: Yeah. So Yeah, so that's that's your introduction to Spoze Cinemodities. <laughs> I wish you well. But I wish me But better. I wish me better. <laughs> that uh, that might be like the best line in any song ever.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I, you like you had I don't know, Spotify or Pandora on or something Use once. Pandora. And that came on, and we heard that line, and we just both started cracking up, like just losing our minds how funny that was. It came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, that was
1: when you came to visit me in Ohio after you lived, moved to Colorado.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. Two or three
1: years after you moved away.
0: Good time. All the music, all the movies, all that stuff. I got yeah, to hear, we watch. got to hear Ben snore again when I went back out for that visit. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we listened to uh, to mad amounts of music back in the day oh, with yeah. your with your jam
0: box. Yeah, yeah, good little Bluetooth speaker. I, I those both I, I have two of them. They both still work. I bought bigger and better Bluetooth speakers, but those for what they were, our little dinky apartments. They were filling those with sound. That was great. Yes,
1: and we would uh, we would listen to music and cook. Crazy shit,
0: yeah, yeah. And I think uh, that's exactly where I want to go next, because like I said to Ben before we recorded, when you come on this podcast, you have to understand that Zach and I are not just doing this to discuss movies, we're doing it to better our restaurant.
2: <laughs> and he got some
0: taste of the restaurant early, but something that Zach and I have never done together is cook. We never did that back in high school. And uh, to be fair, I am not a chef at this restaurant. I'm an operator. Uh, you know, it's more of the, the day-to-day, the, the long-term, the business side of it. And so I wanted to get your opinion on, uh, you know, if we ever needed some crazy cooking ideas in the Cinemani's restaurant, I think it's safe to say that Ben would be a great outlet for that. And I want to preface this once again by saying this is not a joke. With all of the facetiousness Zach and I do with the restaurant and – and I don't think I mentioned it earlier, but at the kids' portion of the restaurant, Sin E the kids can order antifreeze as a drink. Uh, there's a bone pit. I think that goes along the same lines. Like th- There's a lot of really grim, facetious stuff. This is not a joke. Ben and I made a pizza where the crust was stuffed with more crust. <laughs> like, we, fought, we literally did this. And you might be confused as to what this means, But basically, the crust of this pizza was a stromboli where once you bite into the crust, there was cheese, sauce, and more crust separate (laughs) from the original crust. We fucking did that. We actually fucking did that. And it didn't come out bad. It It didn't mold into one crust. We had two distinct layers of crust in our crust. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I did want the middle crust to be crunchier than it came out. Yes. But, uh, yeah. but no, that was good. That was a fun experience. I think we called that breads in bread pizza apocalypse tornado quake.
0: Oh, oh my god! You're bread. Yeah, it was bread in breads because we were playing on in bread. The term yeah. in bread in breads. I think you're right. Bread in breads pizza apocalypse tornado quake. Yeah, I think yes. that's what we called it. And we, we have pictures of it.
1: That that crust was so tall oh that we God. actually just layered, like, three
0: pizzas worth of
1: ingredients inside
0: of it. Yeah, we, we did not set out. We set out to put crust in crust and did that but also made a deep dish pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yes. So, yeah, I I mean, you know, that that's exactly what I'm talking about. We did that. We did – boom chicka pasta
1: oh god that shit the, so good. The,
0: the green chili you know casserole of pasta pepperoni and cheese we did never forget uh, this is perfect for our song, dinner of champions what is the dinner of champions you might ask well ben and i just discussed two crazy creations we cooked up from scratch dinner of champions is where everything is cooked in the oven and is the same color so chicken nuggets and french fries chicken nuggets and chicken tenders chicken nuggets and <laughs> onion rings <laughs> uh don't forget tater tots tater oh of course tater tots yes dude we went yeah we cooked a lot together we and did, yeah. you know that that's that's one of the things that um whenever we talk about the restaurant we do pitch some snacks and some menu items but they're always kind of based around the movie that we are discussing but it's like hey for all our cinemamodities fans all the cinemamoddies restaurant patrons you know they're there's a reason Zach and I have gravitated to a restaurant in this kind of diatribe of a podcast. is because Rob's been cooking before he was yelling at people over the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think even when I came out to visit—no, when you came to visit me in
1: Athens, we made green chili pastry puffs.
0: Oh, that—oh my god, those were so good. <laughs> they were those delicious. Were so good. I ate way too many of those. Like, I feel like I was getting sick, and I was just like, I'm keeping I'm, – I'm, I'm ready to vomit. I'm so full, and I kept eating them. <laughs> that,
1: that was like fresh mozzarella and egg, and oh, that was really delicious. Yeah, that
0: was good. Hell, we made we made candy. Remember you yeah. ordered like the malic and citric acid so we could make sour candy? Yes, yeah. We made,
1: we made uh, hard, hard candy. We made um, – Oh, when i came out to visit you we made that slow cooker burrito stuff
0: yeah oh that shit's good that like that yeah. burrito with the uh, hot rotel and then the, and the, the peppers cream cheese and, and,
1: and the yes. yes
0: oh yeah that shit that shit is that shit is good <laughs> we made
1: i think we made stromboli more than
0: once yeah oh oh my god how the infinity pizza Yes, yes. It's a Stromboli in the shape of infinity. I still make that to this day. People at parties love it because it's so fucking good. Yes, but it's it's, it's the Infinity Pizza, dude. We did uh, a oh, it's all come back to me. Buffalo chicken garbage bread. Way back when we did that once, where it was just like fucking way too much hot sauce than the human body could take. Just put on (laughs) like pizza dough and random shit. Yeah.
1: Uh tons of cheese. Cut, cut up chicken. I think there was like ranch dressing in it.
0: Yeah, oh yeah. I think I think we went hard for sure. Oh yeah. We yeah, we we cooked so much shit. That was our deal. We would we would cook, we would smoke, we would watch, we would listen. Dope yeah, shit. we did
1: a we did a lot of shit. Um we played Card Wars.
0: Oh yeah, we didn't even talk about that with Adventure Time. We loved Adventure Time so much we bought the card game of Adventure Time and played it consistently for a while. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, uh, and Rob was a pro at Yu Gi Oh at some point, so he, I think he whooped up on me a lot. But yeah, we was played great. that game.
0: I still, yeah, I still have my cardboard cards. I don't think I remember how to me play, too. but I still have. Them. <laughs> Same. I actually, I have,
1: I have more than I used to. I, I got like all the starter decks that came out, nice a- as they came out, but I, I haven't had anyone else to play with, so.
0: Exactly, yeah, that's that's the bummer with the card games, people, you have to learn it, you have to understand it, all that stuff, it takes time, but oh yeah, dude, that that was some some good shit. See, that's the, I I think that's like the VIP room of the Cinemodities restaurant, where where the the usual people have to deal with a menu where they can't understand what most of the things on the menu mean, and the wait staff (laughs) are very unhelpful. (laughs) <laughs> right on. I, I, we also we have we have a walk around character that is a little person that punches customers in the dick. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> okay. It is not a good experience for anybody coming in as a customer. Um there's there's people that have gotten lost in our restaurant and have never been able to find their way out. That type of thing. But when okay. when the VIPs come in and this I think this is a great kind of wraparound at the beginning of this episode, why I'm so happy to have you on here. You're one of these VIPs. You're going to be that high roller. When you come into that restaurant, you're going to get real food. You're going to get that <laughs> upper office where we can all sit. You know, it's going to be – we're going to be like the mob bosses in the Sopranos sitting above <laughs> the strip club without the, the riff raff of all the regular people.
1: <laughs> right on. That's that's what's up. Uh, I – I'm down. I'm definitely down to help you guys flush out your menu, or flush out your menu, uh, whatever that there's a, there's is. There's a
0: lot on the menu.
1: <laughs> uh, we could put that, that nasty fucking oyster pasta we made that one time. That, that you, is not I, I nasty. You Spaghetti
0: <laughs> and clam sauce is one of the greatest <laughs> dishes to ever exist. I still eat that, like, once a month. I know you didn't like it, Mister Mr. New Mexico doesn't know what good seafood is. Pasta and clam sauce is amazing. Don't don't even start with me on that.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, you know how it is now that you're in Colorado. And like, oh, I, I guess Colorado has better access to seafood than New Mexico does. To be
0: fair, I do have to order clam sauce online. They don't okay. sell it out here, so I do have to yeah. order. I order it in like cases of twelve, and it lasts me like a few months.
1: <laughs> nice. There you go. Um, yeah. So like, you don't you don't get fresh seafood in New Mexico. Yep. yep at all. Yep.
0: yep. The one uh, thing I miss about living in New York is the seafood. The one thing. <laughs> and as I realize this, Zach still lives in New York, and I'm saying I don't miss him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got all that out of the way. We, we, we shit on him in Interstellar, so there's, no, no more damage can be done. <laughs> Um, but I,
1: something I think that should be mentioned, I introduced you to green chili while you were in Ohio with me.
0: That is absolutely true. I, I was never a big fan of spicy food until Ben showed me what spicy food is (laughs) 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 and hell yeah. To this day, I still love green chili. You know, when I make my chili, like my meat and peppers and veggies, when I make that out here, you know, I make it so it's so spicy that I'm sweating. Like I've had people, I'm eating chili and they're like. Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, this chili's so hot. It's so good. You want some? And they're like, no, it looks like you're in pain. <laughs> I fucking love it. Absolutely.
1: That's excellent. It's like a whole other dimension of flavor. Exactly. But, oh, yeah. Um, but I think that a lot of people around here don't like hot food. And I think that's because all the hot food around here is vinegar-based hot sauce.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And that stuff is trash. The buffalo wing... The, the common buffalo wing you know it's just oh vinegar and a little bit of seasoning and they're they're like do you remember the time that we went to fucking wendy's when they had the ghost pepper burger and we yes. were both like we want the ghost pepper burger and the ghost pepper fries and the woman yep. behind the counter was like this is really hot are you sure you want it and we go shut the fuck up and serve us our food this is <laughs> wendy's this is fucking wendy's shut up
1: <laughs> so uh where I'm from in in New Mexico, there's a, there's a restaurant called Pecos River Cafe and you can get a breakfast burrito smothered in green chili. Mm. And uh, if you're too white when you go in there <laughs> if you if you order the breakfast burrito smothered in hot green chili, they ask you if you're sure because of how hot it is.
0: I, I see <laughs> I give them that for a, a restaurant like that in that location, especially in yes. Mexico where you have those fucking ranches and farms for hot oh. chilies and hot peppers. Yes. But so but, but you have good. to understand the, uh, like the audacity of a Wendy's worker in the middle of fucking nowhere Ohio, <laughs> College Town, Ohio, asking us this.
1: Of course. <laughs> and so something else that needs to be said about this, the ghost pepper fries and the ghost pepper burger did not have ghost pepper on them they
0: were they, they were had, tasty but they were not spicy <laughs> it was had, it was regular cheese fries <laughs>
1: they had cut up chunks of jalapeno on them yep. and the the cheese sauce had a little bit of ghost pepper extract in it like, the reason they called it ghost pepper was because ghost pepper was one of the ingredients.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Le- less than, was... like, less than .01 parts per million of yes. ghost pepper, and they felt that was enough to let them advertise it as such. Oh, God.
1: And uh, And then the rest of it was jalapenos, and mm-hmm. I was like, well, I mean, jalapenos are fine, but... You said ghost you said exactly. ghost pepper. I thought I was going to die. Like exactly. I wanted I wanted to die.
0: I wanted to die. Yeah, I like I, I said to Ben I was like I want to eat spicy food so spicy it hurts me. Like I need that experience and we made it happen and now I love it. <laughs> uh,
1: for those of you in the cinematodies world that don't know Hatch green chili is a wonderful fucking thing, mm-hmm. um, and so this is—I don't know—I don't know. Actually, I haven't talked to Rob about this. I don't think since he moved to Colorado, there is some some crazy shit where Colorado tried to compete with New Mexico about green chili oh, for some period of time, and uh, and so like I actually <laughs> recently saw a joke about it on the internet. They were like, "This is a t- how do you tell if someone's having a stroke?" And it was <laughs> like. <laughs> it was like like the, the weird face stuff and like the they can't hold their arms straight thing and then it was like incoherent speech and the example they had was somebody said that Colorado green chili is better than hatch green chili. <laughs> <laughs>
2: nice.
1: And that that's 100% how I feel about it If you think Colorado has better green chili You are in the middle of a stroke <laughs> You need, you oh need to seek medical attention right now That's great Oh
2: jeez Oh
0: that's hilarious <laughs>
1: uh, So I wasn't sure if you felt different Because you live in Colorado But New Mexico green chili is the shit <laughs>
0: I, I've definitely gotten some green chili out here that isn't too hot. I don't know if it's because of where it comes from or if it's because they're just limited on it. It's because um, there's more rainfall there. Sure, sure, absolutely. But, you know, I, I know. Ben has taught me well. If I ever need to get, uh, like, like, a few pounds of green chili, I'm getting from the Hatch chili location. <laughs> absolutely.
2: Yeah.
1: So, um, also, just a shout-out to Hatch, New Mexico. I I lived, like, 30 minutes from Hatch when I went to undergrad. And I had access to the best green chili in the world.
0: Yep, yep. And you and you that had is, some of that in Ohio. You had that frozen green chili, and that's that's what hooked me on it. That shit was so good. I remember fucking busting that frozen shit up with a like a knife and stuff just <laughs> to get get some peppers ready to go for us because didn't yep. want to thaw the whole thing. Oh, yeah, dude, absolutely. that's just delicious.
1: Oh man, I I'm so glad. Like every pretty much everyone I've introduced uh, to green chili likes it, and the reason is simple. It has flavor.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not just hot. Yep. It's also goddamn delicious. Yeah.
0: I, I think I've said, I've said to the, that to you before, and maybe on this podcast, I love heat with flavor. That's why I like hot peppers. I cannot stand wasabi because wasabi oh. is just heat. There's no flavor. It's yes. just painful where when you add peppers to shit, whether it be green chili, jalapenos, anything, you're actually adding a depth to that dimension. Abs- yes. Oh, God. Love it.
1: Love it. Serrano's, a habanero. habanero's are... You gotta be careful. Those oh, things are fucking love hot. Me some <laughs>
0: habanero's, yep.
1: Those tiny little guys are... Man, I don't know if I told you, like, once back in high school, my math teacher brought some of those in Ooh. and, like, cut it up and let us eat them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, there's, there's things worth worse than taking a math test. You could eat a <laughs> habanero. Was that the lesson of the day? Yeah.
1: <laughs> must have been uh man that's right so so we're gonna add habaneros to the menu just raw habaneros yeah i think
0: we i think we need more spicy foods for sure and this is exactly why i wanted to talk about uh the the restaurant with ben because even though ben is not an owner or an operator of the cinemais restaurant he's got those great opinions he's got we've cooked the food we've had the ingredients so i'll have to run it by zach uh, I usually run things by new ideas I have I run by Zach when he's asleep because that still counts <laughs> uh, you know the um, the better business bureau is never going to check for that so it's okay Great. and uh, but yeah but thank you thank you for that Ben we had to talk about food with our history in the restaurant and like I said when you're ever at the restaurant before or after it's mobile uh, you get that VIP room and we'll give you I'm being generous here a two percent discount. Okay, right. <laughs> That's
1: more than I expected from you.
0: So, so it's it's actually the employees of the restaurant get charged more. <laughs> that's something we've discussed. We treat our employees very poorly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That reminds me, I saw a commercial for some auto dealership, and they were like, get the family discount. Everybody gets the employee discount. And I was like, damn, it sucks to be an employee there.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, God, uh-uh. that's right. <laughs> like, I should just quit and get the same discount that week, you know? <laughs> oh, Fantastic. Well, with that being said, we've talked about movies. We've talked about music. We've talked about all this nonsense. We're reaching the end. I have to give you the time, Ben. Is there anything you want to pitch to anybody? Do you have any other outlets that you people can find you? People can follow you on social media. People can download your stuff. Anything you want to throw out to our audience?
1: I, I do. So I, um, I didn't, I've mentioned it a little bit. I do some programming. I'm a mobile app developer. Uh, and I, I work at a place that I'm not going to talk about. Do you need Uh, your
0: dice rolled? Is that what you're about to say?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, so, so that is my, my first project. I, I did write a dice roller. Um, but I have started an LLC. And so if you need a mobile app written, for your startup company, I like to provide uh, this service primarily to, to people who are starting their businesses and can't afford standard professional development. I do professional development at a much cheaper rate. Uh, the app company or, – or my LLC is Zeanderthal Apps LLC. Um, we don't have a website yet, but we do have an email address. Okay. You can you can hit us up at ZeanderthalApps at gmail.com.
0: So I'm, I'm glad you, you bring that up because you should pitch your stuff. I hope anybody who listens to this and likes it uh, finds you if they need those services. Um, but I'm very happy that you use the word Zeanderthal That is probably equally as difficult to understand as cinemodities. <laughs> we got weird words. So what I'm going to do for you, Ben, is whenever this episode gets posted, I'm going to reach out to you. And if you have a website by then, if you have the email link, we will put it in the show notes. That's so excellent. on Spotify people can scroll down and find you that way because yeah. um, it's become a running thing on this podcast I make fun of people that email and reach out to us and they spell cinemodities wrong <laughs> and I'm assuming it would happen just as much with Zeanderthals so I will, I will definitely get that in there where they can find that and follow it immediately
1: perfect excellent thank you thank you Rob it's been a pleasure being here <clears throat> I'm glad I could consult with you about restaurants
0: today <laughs>
1: yes. I know that's most of what we did here.
0: Ninety-five um, percent, definitely, <laughs> and five percent interstellar. <laughs> There's nothing else that we discuss. <laughs> I'm happy to to help
1: Cinemodities break into the music world.
0: Yes, Go and
1: ahead. I I would be happy to discuss me, music, media, TV, movies, whatever. In the future, so... Uh,
0: yeah, I, I definitely hope. think, you know, I want to have you back, and next time <clears> is busy with the restaurant, you know, we have a Ben knows, Peek Behind the Curtain, we got a list of other songs we could talk about, for sure. Yes, And yes. Um, we're never going to run out of them, absolutely.
1: And uh, for those... Uh, just a pitch to Song Screed again. Yes. If you point. are listening to this episode and you like what you hear, I not only am surprised, but I have something else to tell you to listen to, and that is Song Screed. Check it out. You can find it through, Rob, this is your area. It Where did bit, they find I, it?
0: I love that you're bringing this up because I, I wanted to and I almost completely forgot about it, but cinemodities, <clears throat> Zeanderthals, and inferiority <laughs> Complex. We're just inundating you with crazy words at the end of this episode. <laughs> but yes, uh, if you follow, this is always, our YouTube channel is always in the show notes because I'm always a part of this. But if you if you head out over to the "An Inferiority Complex Facebook page, other than the, uh, the performances we've done, our music videos, you can find four more music discussions between Rob and Ben. They're much shorter than this, so it might be a little dip in the pool if you like what you heard here. But like I said, uh, I, I want to have you back. we got more to talk about. It was good fun. And whenever that interstellar debate comes around, uh, I, I need more people in my corner for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you better bring me on. I'll, I'll, uh,
1: I'll tell Zach why he's wrong. Um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind doing a, doing a guest appearance, you know, with with you and Zach. That'd be great. Uh, and I'm down. I'm always down to talk about movies,
0: Rob. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the last right. question I have is uh, whenever we end an episode of Cinemodities, we play something in reverse. Ooh. Like we take music and we put it in reverse. And I figured since this was a musical-oriented episode, we talked about three songs, two M&Ms, one SPOS. I can whip up a quick medley of those three songs and we'll play them in reverse to hear us out. Excellent.
1: That's great. Right on.
0: So Ben, once again, thank you for dealing with this. Thank you for uh, putting up with the restaurant nonsense. And uh, our audience, we hope they like you. You'll hear them again. And until next time, peace.
1: (laughs) Thanks for having me, Rob. See ya.
3: Yeah,
0: I'm and a a in your back i love and the and the little
3: I'm a little bit of a little bit of a little a little bit of 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 a No bit little bit of a No bit little bit of a No bit little bit of a No of little bit of a No little bit of 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 No little
2: bit of No little bit of No little bit of No little bit of No little bit of No but I'm in it with them.